June 8th, 2021. Uh, my name is Jordan from Bruno, and uh, this is the Mind Virus Podcast. Welcome. Uh, today, I've got a, f- a good friend of mine on the phone. He travels a lot for a living, and we're trying out something new. We're going to record a podcast over the internet, which it's already been dicey. My, my internet, which is generally fairly reliable, uh, service provider isn't we'll we'll just call them uh, the company formerly known as Comcast <laughs> they, they uh, they've been down a couple of times in the last few days so hopefully hopefully this goes well anyway I've got my good friend John on the phone um, he's joining us from the road so how you doing man I am great good to be here good uh, I understand you've uh, listened to our podcast a couple of times. Yeah, I think 25 or so times. 25 like times. That. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I'm one of the millions of one of the millions of uh, listeners awesome. from just from this state. So you got a one in three chance as, okay. as, as you meet anybody going around Utah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful, but yeah, uh, letting people know that you you listen to this podcast. Right, but uh, no, that's great. So you've listened to, so you're you're up to speed on everything we've been talking about. Awesome. Uh, we've we've referenced uh, some of your comments in the past. I think uh, relating to music lyrics and music types of things, right? I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where yeah, we got I, a lot of- I I always I actually always have some kind of lyric come up in my head about just about any comment in any conversation it's it's probably uh that should probably be a disturbing fact but it's it is what it is there there's there's always something that relates somewhere in the the log of music lyrics that are in my head because of my my music habits so yeah there's you're you're yeah, like the you're like the Transformer Bumblebee, right? Have you ever seen the Transformer movies? <laughs> oh yeah. He, yeah. he can't he can't speak, but he can play the radio, and so he has the radio speak for him. <laughs> you know what I'm like talking it. about, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah. In fact, I, I would have a hard time articulating a lot of things with without referring to something from somebody else, um, whether it's mark twain or you know whoever i i would uh i'd I'd much rather put it in somebody else's words well i'm reminded of uh i'm reminded of a song by the bare naked ladies called it's all been done but we'd have to revise it and say it's all been said it's It's all all been been said said. (laughs) right so that's right so so if you have a good memory you can remember somebody else said this before me 
and I might as well quote him. But that's that's a good question uh, that we we could talk about. That's a good tangent. Uh, I wanted to start with current events, but I like this better. Here's here's my question. Right. Here's my question. Um, do we have to source everything? I mean, are, is there ever an original idea? And, you know, so just because, for example, the Bare Naked Ladies said it's all been done and got it on tape, does that mean you can't say that, you know, without referencing them or right, more, right. more appropriately, some of the great, the great philosophers, you know, they were the first ones to write things down. But of course, the reason that the Bare Naked Ladies uh, wrote that song was because it's a common phrase, is it not? <laughs> right, right. So, so it's it's kind of like, have we gotten to some kind of critical mass on actual information? You know, I, I remember in college a, a lot, a lot of years ago, and and hearing for the first time about the internet and this thing called uh, CompuServe. And the professor, <laughs> okay, now you, the professor, now you're dating yourself. I'm dating myself. So, well, we, we were talking, I think, before we started recording about glasses and about trifocals and things like that. Um, so, yeah, John, that, by that the way, for the listeners, is, for the listeners' sake, John is older than me, just barely. So, yeah, and just, every, just everyone barely. knows exactly how old I am, and I'm just barely older than Bobby. Oh, and by the way, Bobby's hold your thought there because we got to, we got to, yeah point out to the listeners what in the heck what in the heck is going on here where is bobby (laughs) that's the big question that's that might be the title of the that might be the title of the podcast uh but uh bobby's gone for the next month and he'll be on a road trip of significant import to him and important enough that he decided not to do the podcast so He's left it in my hands, and we'll see how this goes. But we wish Bobby the best on his trip, and hope he's okay. So now it's Jordan and John today. So anyway, you're back in college. Yeah. So I remember sitting in class, and it, and it was a humanities 101 class, and the professor says, you know, they have this thing, and you can, you know, we're, we're used to going up to the U. Uh, I grew up right in Salt Lake City. We're, we're used to going up to the U and spending hours at the library, microfishing, microfilm, all this information to put together a paper and, and whatever. And uh, he starts talking about what you can do now. And the first time I did log in ever was up there at the, the library, and I sat and waited for a half an hour to get a computer. But uh, he goes, yeah, you can just type in anything. And he goes, like, you could type in Saturn. And all these articles and all these pictures and all this stuff will come up about Saturn. And, and it's just right there. And you can flip through it. Like, and flip, he said, like, flip through it. And, and I'm just thinking, what does he mean? Flip? I, I had no idea even really what he was talking about. I was uh, just a, a few weeks off of an LDS mission, which I think a lot of our listeners and, and most people in the world out there know what, a, what an LDS missionary is. And so I was, I was just green back to regular society and learning about the internet. And so, anyway, I don't remember why we were talking about that. Well, I was, uh, I was talking <laughs> oh, about information. 
information, yeah, all the all the access to information we have now, we definitely live in a, a singular, unique time, at least as far as we can remember as a as a society. We the the level of access to information is so instantaneous and so vast that it just boggles yeah. the mind. Um, you know, you think back to changes that occurred throughout history the history of mankind that affected all of mankind and there are certain types of things that i think you can place on the same level as the advent of the inf the internet the information superhighway one of those would be the gutenberg press right that sort of sure. uh, standardized and made made common or at least more common the transmission of information you could copy books a lot faster um I think the invention of gunpowder might be one of those things, although that took a, a while to get going, you know, but it certainly changed the way wars are played out in the world. Um, they say the invention of the wheel was a big deal. <laughs> fire, the discovery right. of the discovery of fire, Pen maybe penicillin, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like penicillin in its own right. People were dying of uh, bacterial infections, and now we have this wonder drug that gets rid of that. So anyway, the, the, it's hard to understate how significant the the internet is, and how how much um, how much more we have access to than ever at any time in the history of the world. And it's a lot junk, right? There's so much crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and, and access is, is a funny thing, too, because even with music, you know, as I was growing up as a little kid, we had a little radio that my brothers had in their room. And then I remember my brother got a turntable and his own speakers and kind of a, a receiver stereo set up. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's music and it's right there. And then we don't have to go down and use dad's because he'll get mad because he has this nice Technics turntable that, that we're not allowed to touch. And, but then, you know, by the time I was in junior high school, everybody had a Walkman with headphones and you could now listen to music and whatever not only in your car or at home but anywhere you went and pretty soon by the time i was in high school everybody had a, a pair of headphones and i had a bunch of friends that grew their hair out long so they could have headphones on in class in high school <laughs> listening to music because english class or history or whatever was was boring to them and so you know and then car stereo same thing i remember the first the first car stereo that we had in my whole family that had a cassette deck where you could put your own music in rather than just whatever the radio waves were broadcasting was my brother, who is four years older than me, and he was about 16, and he won a Sony cassette deck off of a radio station and put it in his Bronco and was... And we were just blown away. I mean, I, I could remember eight tracks, but we never had one of those in a car. And so all of a sudden, you, it's, you're mobile. You take it everywhere with you. Then by the time I'm in my in my 30s, you've got an iPod. And I still have that first iPod that I ever got. It was a 60-gig 
it has like six six or seven thousand songs on it and it has scriptures on it and it has books on tape on it and it has and it's not even full and i got a one later on that was even bigger than that an 80 gig and you know i have you know unabridged les miserables and unabridged you know i have the, the iliad and the odyssey on there and, and it's like you have access to so much information and now we have of course a cell phone and you can link into something even if you didn't download it the day before with your computer and and you know i can do that out in the middle of nowhere like i am right now yeah it's amazing um so it reminds me of a scripture you know the the question is has it has it or has it not all been done uh, Ecclesiastes yeah. chapter 1 Ecclesiastes chapter 1 is really interesting um, it says that starting off in verse 9 that or the thing that hath been it is that which shall be and that which is done is that which shall be done and there is no new thing under the sun is there anything whereof it may be said see this is new it hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. Anyway, <laughs> this is this is Solomon. This is uh, generally attributed to King Solomon, and he was, of course, very wise. And uh, he's lamenting that there is no new thing. I think that's that's sort of an interesting thought here. Are we dealing with in the modern era, are we dealing with new stuff? Or is it kind of a rehash of things that have been going on since the beginning of time? Another another interesting thing about uh, Ecclesiastes is, is it basically says, uh, vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? So he he's uh, lament. <laughs> He's lamenting how ineffective or how it's it's not like it's pointless, but a lot of the things that we do here are pointless. And so he this is again still Ecclesiastes chapter one, that was towards the start of it. He winds up saying, Look, I gave I gave my heart to seek out and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. That which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I gave my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth in knowledge increaseth in sorrow. So Solomon, oh, <laughs> Solomon's yeah. quest for knowledge and wisdom was uh, difficult. It was uh, gut-wrenching and saddening, you know? So it, it kind of an yeah. interesting thought here. Uh, as we as we contemplate the world we live in, like Isaiah, Isaiah, when when he was called to chasten the people, he didn't want to be that kind of prophet, and he says, "How long, Lord?" 
And basically the Lord tells him, yeah, it's pretty much all the way to the end. What, what your job well, Isaiah, is, is to it's Isaiah let, chapter let six. people know. Yeah. Isaiah chapter let 6, people, he, says, he says, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. So it's worse than what you're saying. But anyway. <laughs> it's worse. It is worse. <laughs> I didn't think it was worse, but it is. It's no, worse. it is worse. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, says, well, but there's, there's a silver lining here. He says, the Lord, ha the Lord has removed <laughs> men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return. So yep. there will be a remnant that returns. That's kind of the, the message of Isaiah. Sorry to interrupt you there. I tend, no, to, it, I tend to interrupt my co-host often. It, 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 is the name Sher Yashub? Is that the the a remnant shall return name? I forget the two the two sons that he has, and he gives them names, and one of them is is Sher, literally in Sher Jashub. Jashub, I yeah, think, yeah. is the, the name of the kid. Yep. And let's yep. see if I can and find that because the other one's name is Malar Malal Hashbath or something. Hashbath, Maher, yeah. Maher Malal Hashbaz or something like that. Let me let me see if I can yep. find it. What, what chapter? Oh, I'm back in Ecclesiastes. That's my problem. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> you're not you're not going to find it there. No. So I'm not. what? What? While you while you look at that, you know, going back to kind of the the, the information and has it all been done? Um, not long ago, and I actually tried to find this, but I couldn't. But I, but I, I heard a, I was listening on the radio to a program that was talking about uh, music melodies, and the question was asked, well, so have all of the melodies that can exist numerically or mathematically, are we, has everything, the question really was, has everything been done? And they, they started kind of doing some math and had a guy there that's you know doing doing the science around it and he basically said that we're close that in in a short period of time every combination of notes and chords and and that that fits into i i think they were basing it on a four minute long song um, will have been done soon. And, and I don't remember the numbers. I wish I actually had a, a, a link to that. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. We could link to it. But it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing. It seems like we might be hitting that, hitting that, uh, maximum amount, uh, in, in pretty short order. Well, 75% of all of those melodies are copyrighted by the Disney Corporation. It just depends on Right. Right. And, and, and Michael Jackson, who now is, who owns Michael Jackson? Is it the Jackson family? The Jackson family owns all of the, all of the Beatles uh, lyrics and all of the Beatles songs. I thought, copyright some, songs. I thought Michael Jackson purchased it, but then somebody else bought it after that. That, I kind of I kind of remember that too, but I don't remember exactly who it was. But yeah, yep, that's that's how it happens. Let's see. As of twenty seventeen, uh, I think it's Sony might own it. Let's see. Uh, oh, I, that is yep. 
I think you're. I think you're right. I think it was Sony that bought it. Sony bought out the Jackson Estate in 2016, and in 2018, Paul McCartney filed lawsuit to retain and his wanted, share. Yeah. Or something like that. Wanted anyway. his stuff back. Yeah. Because he would have never sold to Sony, but he would sell to Michael. Something guess, like that. I guess it's something like that. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Wow. Well, uh, the name of uh, Isaiah's son was Sheer Jashub. I was close. Yep. And that means that the yep. remnant, a remnant shall return. And the other son's name was Maher Shalal Hashbaz, which means hurry the plunder, hasten the spoil, or essentially imminent destruction. So <laughs> he, names, <laughs> he names his two kids. You know, he calls him for dinner. Hey, eminent destruction. Get in here for dinner. Oh, yeah, and a remnant <laughs> shall return. Come on, you two. So, and, and that's actually how it was. They they actually thought of it in that way, right? They, well, they would... Yeah, uh, like... Uh, in the Hebrew tradition, is that correct? Right, yeah. If your name was Adam, I think that means man. And so you would be called or man. Or first man. Or first yep, man. man or, or first like man. This. First, first of men, come in here and get your, get your, uh, get your giblets. They're they're cooking. Right, like like Michael Mikael means uh, who is like he who is like unto God, and so yep. you know if you were if you're named Michael and your mom called you for dinner, she'd be saying, hey, whoever's like God, come in, <laughs> come for dinner, or he he who is like unto God, <laughs> he who is for like dinner. God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean like it's kind yep. it's kind of strange because we don't think of it that way because of how we. Deal with, we think I of mean, names. names yeah, the, yeah, the whole uh, the whole situation is so progressed. We have so many languages to pull from, and all the names, most of the names have meanings. But uh, you, do you remember the joke well, about the Indian family, the kid, the little Indian kid who, meaning Native American? Sorry yeah. if anybody's offended <laughs> out there. Remember the story about or the Native American, American Indian boy? If, yep. Yeah, there was a little kid. He's asking his father, who was a, an elder in the tribe. How the names, um, how, how they got their names, and the so the boy says to his father, "Hey, I, I want to know why we are named the way we are named." And he says, the father says to his son, "Well, when your brother was born, I looked out, I opened up the uh, door to the teepee, and I saw a running deer. So therefore, I named him Running Deer." And then when your sister was born, I opened up the door to the teepee and I saw a flowering lily. So her name is Flowering Lily. Why do you ask, pooping dog? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was ready. I, okay. I didn't know the name, but I knew there was, you something, knew there was coming. something coming. Up. <laughs> yeah, so names, I like it. names mean something. Names mean something. Definitely. Well, and that kind of gets us to, you know, symbolism in, in, in music itself. There's, there's always some kind of deeper level. Not always. There's there. Everything goes on in music. You've got music that literally is just about your favorite car or, or, you know, most songs are about love. Most songs are about love cars, uh, your truck and your, your beer cup or whatever. And then the. Can you hear that music I'm playing in the background? 
Yeah, what do you got playing? Red Solo Cup? <laughs> can you hear it? Uh, I, I can't. I can't hear it. Darn you it. can't hear it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to experiment here with uh, with our software, playing a little bit of Boston, and uh, I guess that's not coming uh, through. So that's too bad. Don't look back. So so I I have serious memories on on Boston when I was when I was a kid. We, we I'd never been to California, and we finally when I was 13 we went to California to go to the beach for the first time. I'd been there when I was four, but. I really didn't remember it. And I had two cassette tapes. I had Boston, Don't Look Back. And I had a double-sided 90-minute tape with Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and Pink Floyd Animals on the other side. And that was pretty much life-changing because I had my own Walkman for the first time. You had to hold it closed. You had to pinch the... You had to hold it pinched so that the door on the Walkman would stay closed, which younger listeners won't understand this at all. But anybody who's maybe 40 and, and older would, would get this. You would hold that hey, thing closed hold, hold on a and second. it would play. Hold yeah. on a second, uh, John. We're going to take a second here. Hold on. Okay, John, we're back. Sorry about that break there. Uh, you were telling me about your trip to California where you had a Walkman with two tapes and you had to hold it closed, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, I'm laying in the bed of my dad's truck. They had a shell. No seatbelts? No seatbelts. No, this was, <laughs> this was back did, in the day when, how did you, when survive? you could drive to California. I, you know, it, it's crazy. The, the government still is just mind-boggled as, as far as how, how that possibly happened. But in the meantime, so I, can't believe it. I remember my hand cramping and I, I would be I'd be laying there holding this thing. It was a Toshiba. And anyway, I, I just remember holding it just because I, I had to keep listening to the music. And and it, that all of that music, that that's when I really glommed on to all of the bands that influenced me the most was. You know, somebody told me one time, Pink Floyd will always be around because there will always be 13-year-old boys. And I think the same thing with, like, Boston and, and other bands like that, that that just have this amazing... They've tapped into the power that music has because, you know, it, it, it's kind of like all these different things are vying for our attention and music is one of those things that can just take the, take that over so easily and and affect everything it's like watch a go watch jaws without the music and it's not jaws anymore and star wars or you know um peter and the wolf peter and the wolf has the you know the dun 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 dun, dun right and you've got Oh yeah, there's there's don't look back right there. This is this is more than a feeling. Oh, more oh. than a feeling. Yep, sorry. Yep. <laughs> okay, I, I figured I it. Florida here. It's breaking up a little bit on my end, but yeah. It's breaking up. We'll see if it if it ends up in the podcast very well. But uh, yep. I figured out how to put music into our podcast while you were chatting. So yeah, Jaws oh, cool. without Good. Jaws without music. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Just, just yeah, just the the way music affects 
people and, and it and it creates it's kind of like you know they say your olfactory senses are are so powerful uh, your sense of smell can bring back a memory so strongly well yeah. music is the same way and and so it just that's why you know you hear about people like with alzheimer's or dementia or, or whatever you know they they've gotten old and nothing makes them respond but you play the music from a certain period in their life and they're alive they're they're there they're you know it, it affects your brain in, in such amazing ways especially if you're making music you know making music you're you're using both sides of your brain you're you're involving you're you're in in practice with your brain in a way that you almost never are otherwise and so you know Music's just always been around because of that. Yeah, so uh, what makes it so powerful? Um, you know, part, part of it is emotion because you, it, emotions are, are a, a real, the real deal. It, it's a real thing. Although, like that song, More Than a Feeling sort of indicates there's, it, it, it's not a good idea to base too much on emotion, yet it, it sinks things into your mind with, with the use of emotion or the manipulation of emotion is one of the powerful things. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's a little bit of Pink Floyd for you. What does that oh, sink yeah. into your mind? What does that do to the mind? In fact, that's not, it's funny because they don't just use music there, but they play the cash register. Um, yep, they've got, yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you re when you first heard that? So I, I would have been, my brothers, I have these older brothers that would have been listening to all of that before I would have even sort of, like maybe you've been allowed to or whatever. I remember in 1979, I would have been 10, 11 years old. And my older brothers who are nine years older, seven years older, four years older, they, they had brought home that movie and were watching it. And I was kicked out by my parents. I was kicked out of the family room because they had allowed them. Uh, oh, sorry. Pink Floyd, the wall. I, yeah, I thought I said that. Pink is Floyd it a movie the Wall. Or? So, yeah, Pink Floyd the Wall is an album that was turned into a movie as well. Came out in 1979. And I did not know that. Okay, this is good stuff. Yeah, Money, Money is on uh, Dark Side of the Moon, and that's so that song. I would have been listening to. I would have been hearing that when I was quite young. But I do. I. I do remember having that. That was on one of those two tapes I had, even on that that California trip. I had Dark Side of the Moon on one side and Pink Floyd Animals album mm -hmm. on the other side. But I I can just I can I can remember all of those times based on that music. And so, like money, what that brings back to me actually is a trip that we took right about that same time up to Idaho. 
Donata Hot Springs. I don't know if you've you've ever been we've there. Been to, we've been to Donata. That's a good place to go if you're if you're looking for a good uh, apocalypse item for your yeah. apocalypse. Go uh, yeah. down Donata is kind of a cute little uh, campground slash water park. Not a great water park, but it's just out yeah. way out in the middle of nowhere, hot spring, and it's it's nice if you want to just get away from all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. You go there, you camp, you swim, you uh, you fall in love with the bishop's daughter. You, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, that's that's what that's what my trip was. That it was that and Pink Floyd on my headphones. And oh, so, yeah. anyway, yeah, that was so. Actually, our uh, our bishop was part or is, I think, still part owner of that whole place. And so really? we went there a couple different times with youth groups and things like that. And yeah, so my my mom had been at girls camp half the week and then they came down out of the mountains and met the rest of mutual, they used to call it, right? Yep. The rest of, uh, they met all the guys and, and spent a couple of days at Donata Hot Springs. And so Fun. anyway, so money, money brings me right back there. And I don't know how, I think I was, yeah, I was 13 at the time, I think. I remember Something a few like songs. Yeah, there's a there's a few songs that I remember from uh, uh, as a kid. Whenever I hear them, that brings me right back to sitting in my room building plastic models. I don't know if you ever built the little uh, oh, plastic yeah. monogram models of cars or whatever airplanes, and uh, listening yep. to a, an old clock radio to <laughs> the to Kissin '97. Kissing ninety-seven oh, yeah. FM, which is big in Salt Lake, uh, when I was yep. uh, when I was a kid. That was uh, so my my radio station was Rock one hundred three, and KCPX, um, okay. KRSP and KCPX. So yeah, I, I and that's right at the exact same time. Your I, your I, music was your music was a little I think more mellow than mine was at, at if we were to look at similar ages. As I've paid attention to the things you've talked about, I was mm -hmm. I was a little bit on the harder harder rock side of things, and and so yeah, that's kind of where we we're kissing. That's that that defines yeah, that was more exactly pop rock where you were at. Yeah. No, I remember listening yep. to I remember listening to uh, Rock 103 also. Uh, then yeah. there was K, K Bear that was a little harder that came out after that. Um, yep, later on, which was 101. But uh, and you had like the, the 93 Z93 and X96, the more alternative stuff that came that came yep. along after that. But I, I was exposed to a fairly wide variety of music when I was a kid. My mom uh, taught piano lessons and she made sure we got hit with a heavy dose of classical music. And my understanding is you also have been dipped in that sort of tradition from somewhat yeah. of a young age. Have you not? Yeah, yeah. I um. So my my father always his main thing was opera and all of the different classical um, you know the baroque the classical the the renaissance or the the romantic stuff yeah post renaissance um, yep and uh, and and everything since too I mean mm -hmm. you know. Like I mentioned, Peter on the Wolf. That's uh, Peter and the Wolf. That's is that Prokofiev? It's one of the Russian, yeah. And 
we would be we would be at home with the LPs playing, and Dad Dad would always put on something that would expand us away from, or yeah, probably away from is is probably the right way to put it from the rock music that we were all listening to, and but I, I really actually loved it again. In late high school, I got a, a cassette tape, a double-sided cassette tape, and it had uh, Mozart's 40th and 41st symphonies on it. And I wore that out. I I could not get enough. And that's, you know, that's something. So talking about the power of music again, you know, you take something like a Requiem, you know, these guys were writing, they were writing by contract for you know music they were they were commissioned to you know mozart would have been commissioned beethoven would have been commissioned to go and write oh go and write this for me go and write that for for us and they they would be doing that and like take the second movement of the beethoven seventh symphony which a lot of people i i hear that that is a favorite well there's a reason it's a favorite and it's it's because of the, the the layering and the the depth that's that's happening just reaches right into your soul. You cannot help but be affected by it. And you know, that's the way that's the way Boston Don't Look Back was for me too. That's the way so many of these different things, you know, there's crap music out there and there's really really amazing music out there and 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 it also a lot of times carries the spirit with it too um a lot of the baroque and classical composers talk about how it's a gift from god i think it was uh ludwig ludwig sorry i can't say the v right now missing a front tooth I might tell somebody who I am, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> which is kind of funny. That's all right. Um, Beethoven taught, he would actually sign his, he, he would always write the music out. He could hear it in his head and, and write it on the paper as he went. And he would sign it in his own language, basically saying, this is a gift from God. This is, this is written by inspiration not by me and i think that 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 kind of tells you something about what's happening with certain pieces of music that that are and there's a reason why why people are affected by that you know so so many years later um centuries later it's because it is absolutely and profoundly connected to the light sources of the heavens is the way I look at it. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of things to talk about there in what you just said. But I want to point out, you also had had an episode in high school where you ran into somebody you were going to be with for the rest of your life that uh, is big into music, right? Isn't your wife's family quite musical? Yes, absolutely. Um, I could I could brag on that for quite a while. Um, I, I've done about three smart things in my life, and the one was to make sure that 
when I met her, you know, I was only 15 years old. But when I met her, I, I, I kind of knew that, that she was the one, and it took a long time to to convince her that I was <laughs> but uh she, and but when that when that happened when I was about 18 that then and almost 19 then then it was it was really cool so she's you know it would be really cool to have her on and have her talk a little bit about music theory she teaches teaches music and knows a lot about music theory and makes sure that she teaches music theory to her students even young ones and she comes from a family that, uh, I mean, her grandparents met on, I, I think it's call 910 radio way back in the day when they would play live music as the, as the background music. There would be a pianist, um, literally playing the, the jingles in the background. And that was her grandmother. And her <laughs> grandfather came in playing trumpet as a guest for one of those, uh, a show. And that's, that's literally how they met. They had, they've had a son who was the youngest Utah Symphony member ever. I think he was 13 years old when he went in as a bassoonist. Um, and has, you know, gone on with a, a storied career. This is her own, my wife's uncle. Um, a storied career in, in, uh, every Disney movie from, Little Mermaid on, he's, he's been in playing music. He, he married a, a lady who played in the symphony. They have these brilliant, musically talented kids, but, but her mom, so my mother-in-law is just one of the most amazing musicians you could ever meet. Many people have said that if there's anyone in the state that you would want to have accompanying you for your musical number, whatever it was on the piano, it's my mother-in-law. And so that's the music. And that's been passed on to my kids. I'm not that great at producing music, but my, my kids all have that. And that's, that's kind of a neat thing to, to see as they grow up. They got that all from her. <laughs> well, and now that, now that you've given the listeners Enough information to to narrow down your true identity. Um, no, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> they, can tr- they can try to figure that out for a while. It's all it's yep. that's all long haired, uh, hard to hard to figure out stuff. But yeah, if if, if you know uh, John's family, they're they're quite musical and and so it's good to bring that up from a standpoint of credentials. Uh, this guy knows what he's talking about and has spent a lot of time pondering on it. And writing about it. So uh, we're talking about different types of music. You, another thing you pointed out was that this music from back in the day, this uh, classical, you know, just to, to put a big blanket category on it, it's classical yeah. music. It, a lot of it stands the test of time. Some of it's, you know, not everything produced back then was the type of thing that everybody wants to listen to all the time, but there are certain works uh, of art that were produced back then that are, are frankly timeless. And so we, if we look at our current era, and the, and the question here is, how is modern music different? I mean, what, right. what have we produced 
what have we produced that in the modern era that we're going to say, oh, this stacks up against Mozart or Beethoven, you know, like for Elise, even some of the very simple stuff. It's just, yeah. it's just timeless. Uh, the, the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, I think, is amazing. Yep. Uh, Debussy's Claire de Lune, for example, yeah. out of this world. So, so like, yeah. what, what, you know, what are we going to say? Well, yeah, God Only Knows by uh, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, or uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, what other music we would say. I'm sure there's some Beatles songs we could we could bring up, but uh, or Human by the by the Killers most recently is a really good one. What? Yeah. Does it even stack right. up to the Moonlight Sonata or to Claire de Lune? And those are just the ones I'm coming up off the top of my head. Some of the some of the folks that listen to this podcast I know have a lot better musical. Or it's more they're going to have a lot more right on the top tip of their tongues, right on the right on the edge of their brains that they, they can access. I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of some of the greats. I mean, the Mozart Requiem, the great yeah. classical pieces, some of the Adagios, uh, Albioni. Um, yep. There's so all Baldi, kinds of stuff. Violin and, and cello concertos and things like that. So there's, yeah. you, you know, it would be really cool to have my wife on to to talk about that just because she has the chops in that area that that i i i have a a bit of you know like like i'll have her i'll go and lay on the floor in the living room and and ask her to play moonlight sonata for me on the piano and she'll just play it and the sound from a piano doing that is is something that is is profound you know, from the first couple of seconds, and it it, it is it's hard to say. You know, if, if we're trying to compare it to today and what the difference is, one of the difference. You know, if we go backwards, if we start like from today, so today there's a lot of dynamics going on in the music industry that that didn't exist. You know, even just a few years ago, what and and. If you go back 20 years, everything that I bought, I bought in album form. So I would, if I heard one song on the radio and thought, I, I want that, or a band that I love put something out, and I'm like, okay, I got to get that album. I would get that album, and I couldn't even fast forward except for pushing a button, waiting 15 seconds while a song fast forwarded on the tape, right? And now... And so that actually affected the way music was produced. Music, the, the artist would be putting together an album. Take a concept album or a, like, uh, Operation Mindcrime by Queensryche, which Queensryche gets, gets a, gets a bad rap because they have kind of a, a strange name and they're this sort of almost operatic rock that, that fits into one of the 2000 genres of music that's out there. But they're 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 brilliant and they're and they're they're a thinking man's rock band. I remember I worked at a restaurant when I was first married and this guy was going to one of their concerts and our manager was giving him a hard time. Really? You're going to this and he turns to me and he goes, You know Queens, right? And I go, Yeah, and he goes, They're the thinking man's band, aren't they? And I said, Yeah, they are. They 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 are they're they're way deeper thinkers than than a lot. And 
but they were producing a, a number of songs, 10, 12, 13 songs for one album that would go out as a single piece of work. That I don't think that happens today. And if it does, it's really rare. People are putting out one song at a time and putting it on YouTube. Yeah. And so so what what's happening with it? Well, there first of all, it's got to sell on its own. It can't sell with one hit song the rest of an album. It's got to sell on its own. And so what's being produced? Well, that affects it. Um, usually, in my opinion, for the worse. And so, so going backward in time, you, you get to me higher and higher quality. I just, you know, there, there's great stuff that comes out all the time still. But well, I, uh, that, yeah. yeah, I, I love Queensrÿche and, uh, there's a couple of songs that they've done that have influenced me that rank right up there. Is, is there anybody listening and silent lucidity, I think are some, yeah. some of the greats. If not just for the lyrical content, but the if you like if you like the rock sound, then they're great too. But uh, I don't know if you can hear this in the background. We've got a song going that by Barber that uh, should bring everybody that's seen the movie Platoon right back to a certain point in time. Can you hear it? I can. Let's just listen to this for a minute. I wonder how well this will come through on our recording, but this is one of the exceptional pieces of all time, in my opinion. It's called yeah. the uh, oh, Barber yeah. Adagio for Strings. And, uh, you know, movie makers have taken advantage of, Disney especially, yeah. took advantage of uh, classical music that was not copyrighted. But uh, um, let's see, who... The movie Platoon. That's Oliver it? Stone, I think. Oliver Stone directed it, yeah. And yep. this this uh, piece has a climax in it that is amazing. <laughs> and he uh, put it puts it in juxtaposition against the Vietnam War. And I think it ends up being one of the most poignant um, I gotta turn it down a little I don't, I don't know if people can hear me but I think it ends up being one of the most poignant episodes in cinema that there ever has been uh, spoiler alert you know this is a very very old movie <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> 19, 1986 so if you haven't seen Platoon uh, there are yeah. two Charlie Sheen is a uh, Let's see, the main character, right? A young kid. Yeah, it's Charlie A young rich Sheen. kid. And then you've got, he, he's kind of balanced out by two, uh, two other guys, Tom Berenger, who plays the really big, evil, ultra-masculine warrior. Yep. Win at all costs. Here's our climax. It gives me chills. Yeah.
we could play the entirety of this because it's in the public domain. Thank you. That's right. For heaven's sake. Yep. And and it's and, the best. And I've it's, still I've still got the chills, by the way. Yeah. And uh, even though you're hearing it over wow. the even though you're hearing it over the, the cell phone. Yeah. But you got Tom Berenger, who's the ultra uh, masculine bad guy, and then you've got Willem Dafoe, who's more of the wisdom influenced uh, yep. mentor character. And uh, that climax hits right as they realize they've left Defoe behind and he's getting shot uh, by the, uh, the Viet Cong. And, and uh, they realize Beringer's character has lied to them. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's an amazing yeah. piece of cinema, but the, but the, but the music itself is, it transcends the, the, the movie, the cinema. It's far, yeah. the thing, the thing is that Oliver Stone was the the you know benefactor or the beneficiary, excuse me. Barber's the benefactor. Yeah. Oliver Stone is the beneficiary of this piece of music and yeah. it it makes his movie. It makes his movie yeah. brilliant With when that, it would have just been it, it would have <laughs> just been good without Barber's yeah. Adagio, it would have only been good, but because of Adagio, of the Adagio, it's brilliant. And so, yeah. uh, anyway, I, I think that I hope that comes through for our listeners. We're like I said today, we're doing a little bit of an experiment where we're uh, we've got John on the road here, and we're, we're we're tied in via the internet, via cell phone, and, and Zoom, which I think is going to work out. I I, I, yeah. I'm going to put links to this music in the website on the page that we do for this podcast so that everybody can go listen to it on their own. It's called Barber's Adagio for Strings. Making a list as we, <laughs> as we record here. But, that, that is, that is absolutely brilliant. And it's, uh, it's something that, you know, we could we could ask a whole list of questions now, right? Like, yeah. what is it actually about the music? So, so why and what what is going on here? I guess is is maybe one way to put it. But what is it about that music then? And and what is it about you know you you could go into the the geometry and the and the mathematics behind the and and the music theory behind the piece. And behind the, the the building blocks, the the actual structure of the music, that that is tuning into something that the human brain loves, and um, Michael Ballam talks about that. Uh, I I think people will will recognize if if you're from Utah, you recognize who Michael Ballam is. He's a tell us tell professor. us who Michael Ballam is. Yeah. Okay, so my, Michael Ballam is a is a musician first. Um, at, at a very young age, he was very into music and loved and to sing and learned a lot about music in his life and became a professor later. He's also an actor and, and some people know him. I, I think this is the statement that's probably been said about him most. Michael Ballum, you know, Satan. So, <laughs> so we, we, we're going we to link to his that. website. He's more than yeah. He's yeah. more than Satan, but uh, he's, he plays he's more than Satan. 
Yeah, he plays Satan or Lucifer in uh, probably the longest yeah. running version of the, the Mormon temple drama movie, which yep. is an excellent uh, piece of work only available to people who attend the temple. Excellent because of the content, not necessarily the, the cinematography or anything, but the, the symbolic content. And, <laughs> right. but, and, but Balaam doesn't, I, you know, he, he plays his part appropriately for the time and the setting, but I don't know that it's his best work. Of course, it'll be as what he'll always be yeah. known for. <laughs> he'll always be known for that. And, yeah. and, and it is kind of sad because he's, he's a brilliant guy that, that has, has a lot to offer. One of the things he says about, um, you can look up, maybe we got a link to this, but there's, there's a couple of talks, education week talks that he gave in 1998, 1999, I think are the years that he gave those two talks when you're in a row. So and there's they, a link, uh, there, hold on, there's a link here yeah. to, uh, on his website. I'm going to link to his website and I'm going to put a second link to the page that has <laughs> his education week talks from 2003 to 2006. So I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, Yes. Those are the ones. Those are the ones. And so he talks about order and how the brain, the human brain loves order. And that, that's a really interesting thing. If you think about chaos and order and, and kind of, we could go into a great big discussion about, about creation and about the cosmos and what is going on here and what we are, than thirsting for, which that's um, that's part of the the song si- "Silent Lucidity," right? Like uh, mm-hmm. um, you, you've got you've got this this guy that is reaching reaching higher, reaching for more. In the movie Platoon, the the young kid is there, and he's got two different mentors. One of them is this. Case okay, spoiler alert. One of them is this this gnarly guy that you talked about, the Behringer character, and then. The Willem Dafoe character is this this wisdom character who is actually interested in his success and in his which success for the Vietnam War is surviving, right? <laughs> and so and, and and wisdom the wisdom character ends up losing, and and so it's it's a tragedy. It's it's it's, it's and, and the music tragedy. lends to that. It's a huge and, and the music lends to that, and that's the power that was there. And so the music lends to it in that sense it it is describing for you in your brain the music is describing for you the tragedy that is happening and makes the tragedy that much more tangible that much more palpable to your brain and so when when michael ballon talks about order and he's he's going through a piece of music i can't remember what it was in the talk but he but he says and that is order there's there's a, a musical structure going on. There's there's music theory behind what's happening. You could overlay this onto geometry and sacred geometry. You could overlay this onto all these. He doesn't necessarily talk about that, but I, I happen to know you could do that. But he, he says, your brain loves that order. And there's a reason why. And part of the reason why is because what are we trying to get back to? We are in disorder now. We are in the dream state disorder and trying to get back to order and so music the reason music has been in every culture is because every any culture that that got at all uh sizable is because it's a way to bring order into chaos at at any given moment 
So we can go ahead and read the lyrics to Silent Lucidity here, which is kind, it's kind of funny because that's almost uh, almost what you were just talking about. Um, let's see, let me pull it up. It's just funny because it's about it, it's about um, the dream world versus the real world, and you don't know. What the Queensryche guys, the guys that uh, I can't remember who's the guy's name that uh, wrote this. It's DeGarmo, Christopher DeGarmo. Yeah. Or yep. no. Uh, oh no, that's, uh, that's Christopher Lee. Is that Kansas? Yeah. No. Uh, I can't remember their names. Yeah. But I'm going to look it up since we've got the benefit of the the internet here. We so have, while, while uh, you look that up, what it. While you look that up, what that makes me think of, too, I think a scripture that actually relates here is Abraham seeking the, the blessings of his fathers. He recognizes the, the weakness of his position with his dads, his, his, his fathers, his dad, or, and, 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 you know, a, a, a tradition in the generation that has failed. And he's seeking the, the blessings of the fathers. He's actually reaching for what he knows will bring him back to connection, back to atonement with the Lord. And so, what's what a common theme in the arts, music included, is what we're going to talk about here in a minute, which is is I'm lost, but I can be found. I can't see but i can be given eyes to see and ears to hear and so anyway that's just kind of what that's got me thinking of as you're as you're pulling this up I think that's about all we're going to get away with here with the fair yeah. use uh, statement. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this is really awesome music. He says, "Hush now, don't you cry. Wipe away the teardrop from your eye. You're safe. You're lying safe in bed. It was all a bad dream, spinning in your head. Your mind tricked you to feel the pain of someone close to you leaving the game of life. So here it is, another chance." Wide awake, you face the day. And and now here's where you get the, you know, get to the crux of the issue. He says, wide awake, you face the day. Your dream is over or has it just begun? So you're waking up and yep. yeah, you're dealing with pain. Your, your brain tricked you. And now you're in the dreams. You're out of the dream state. Or are you in the dream state when you wake up? That's the question. He says, there's a place I like to hide, a doorway that I run through in the night. Relax, child, you were there but only didn't realize and you were scared. It's a place where you will learn to face your fears, retrace the years, and ride the whims of your mind. Commanding in another world, suddenly you hear and see this magic new dimension. So he's talking about the other world, right? 
Yeah. The real is it the real world? I mean, this is the world beyond the veil. We I think we've talked about this a little bit on the Mind Virus show, and uh, I know uh, John, you and I have talked about it a lot. So uh, I can't remember to what extent Bobby and I have gone through for the listeners, but just by way of review, the idea is that this chaos world, this entropic world that we live in is a false reality it's it's uh, not it's not the real world and what we what we hope for in the res- resurrection is a restoration to the timeless state the world the eternal world the world that is not going to die and be destroyed and that's a really sort of a philosophical metaphysical way to state things that I think are fairly obvious in Christian doctrine. We just don't talk about them in those terms, right? Right. Yes. So, so here you've got the question, and, and this is something that Mormons, and I think our, our audience is predominantly Mormon, and if they're not, we hope you enjoy the, the philosophical discussion, because we're not getting dogmatic about this, but... Uh, in the LDS church, in the correlated Mormon doctrine uh, Sunday school realm, we, we boiled down a lot of the, the nature of our reality to a few simple things like, okay, you had to come here uh, to continue your progression, and you came here to get a body, and then after you die, that body will be resurrected, but it will just not die. And I think that I think that oversimplifies the situation. In fact, um, <laughs> I, I've spent a lot of time ri- thinking and writing about this recently because there are three passages in the Book of Mormon that, coupled with a few statements in the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, that I think we have we have sort of missed the missed the boat here because it doesn't necessarily say that. It's this body that we're going to be restored to. It talks about the body being raised up, but it's a restoration to a previous state, to a perfect, to a perfect form, to a proper form. And that would be, it would involve the spirit and physical element, but not the element that's entropic and and uh, corrupted that we have here. That's why we call this world the fallen world is because everything goes ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And the idea is to be restored or lifted up, resurrected. Anastasis in Greek or resurgere in Latin means literally to be re-stood up or to be re, to be, well, in Latin, in Latin the re means re and surgere means to stand up to, or to be stood up or to rise up. In Greek, you don't have the re, you have the anastasis, which means to be lifted upward or to be stood upward. And so, so that's that's where that term resurrection comes from. It doesn't necessarily have to do with we we, we have it we in Christianity, we've in traditional uh post-Nicaea Christianity, it's come to mean the body coming back to life, but that's not necessarily what it means. It means to come out of this low state into a higher state. And where, where you're not dealing with entropic element, you're dealing with eternal element. So this, this body that you have, another, another funny thing that comes out of the Mormon doctrine is, well, okay, so you're going to be back in your perfect state. So what's that state? And everybody goes, well, when I was 23, that was pretty good. So 
gonna, I'm yeah. gonna look like I looked when I was 23, and then somebody will say, "Well, I'm I'm 25. I, I want to be 25, or I I think 32 was a better year." Everybody starts to look back at at what age, what age is their perfect age, and that's not it at all. I mean, think about think about your body. Some of us want to be taller. Some of us want to be shorter. Some of us want to have more muscles. Some of us want to have red hair instead of blue hair or whatever hair we've got. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's not the point. The point is we're missing the point. Spirit and the spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy. This is Doctrine and Covenants section 93. And, uh, but it says this man is spirit and that the elements are eternal right before it says that. And spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy. The elements we're in are not eternal. I'm pounding the table now. I, I pound the table every yeah. once in a while during the podcast. We are not. We are not in eternal element right now. We're in corruptible element. So if you read, say Alma chapters thirty-nine through forty-two, or Alma chapter eleven through sixteen-ish, fourteen-ish, or if you read Second Nephi chapter two, and you think you're you're dealing with a restoration to this state or something, some variation on this state, well, yeah. Mm. In a way, it's a variation on this state, but it's nothing like this state. We're talking about a restoration to a previous eternal state. And we, because we read the those scriptures with a certain bias, already having been through dozens and hundreds of primary lessons or whatever, or seminary lessons, we, <laughs> we, think, we, we think we know what it means when it doesn't necessarily mean that it at all. Anyway, I think that's where uh, it's it's Christopher Lee DeGarmo. And I wanted to make yeah. sure there weren't two guys in there because I uh, sometimes I have a hard time with with names and faces. That's my wife's area of expertise. But <laughs> uh, but I remember I remember the stuff and the content. And uh, what he's saying is he says he says. Um, Suddenly you'll hear and see this magic new dimension. And that's the question is, what's the, uh, you know, which is the real world? And and I think, I, I, I'm not going to say I've been privy to this, but people that I know who have had gifts or have had experiences, some and um, some of the experiences I've read about by the greats, you're, you're beeping, are you going to blow up? Um, nope, you're good. It's just, uh, <laughs> just the track. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just the track. So... So some of the people that uh, I've read about that had these experiences, they say, you know, the the world that I experienced was more real. It was more vivid color, more colors, more smell, more sound, you know, more light. Yep. And so it's just a magic new dimension. Well, here, let me finish before I get, I don't know if you want to comment, now's a good time. I've, I've got half of the song left to read, which I do want to read. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we should read it. So. The, the dream state is ends up then being, I think is what part of what you're saying. The dream state is, is where we are now. And, you know, this comes out in, in different traditions and different religious, uh, theologies and cosmologies ar around the world in, in different forms. You know, one, one culture describes it one way, one describes it another. Yeah. But what we end up with is, a situation that that this is the deaf world. This is the place that is furthest from 
the the light and life of God, we're separated. It's in in the the Mormon theology, we would be saying this is our spiritual death. We are separate. We are in separation from what is the the real world, and we we never use those terms saying the real world, but that's that's I think that's part of what you're saying, and and I think it re- relates to the way he's seeing it here, uh, not from from our tradition, but but from a place of understanding all the same. Yeah, and and let me let me clarify just because the audio might be a little bit uh, tricky here. You said the death world, D E A T H, yes. not deaf, D E A F. Yes. And to back right. you up, to back you up on that, uh, I've, I've got this scripture from Helaman chapter fourteen, where Samuel the Lamanite, yeah. who was a priest of a of a more esoteric tradition, in my opinion, not not just some guy trying to get you to join a church to repent to be baptized <laughs> to join a church, but somebody who wanted to get you in touch with the cosmos and with God. Um, he was talking about the resurrection of Christ and the death of Christ. And he says in Helaman chapter 14, verse 16, he says, Yea, behold, this death, meaning the death of Christ, brings to pass the resurrection, and it redeems all mankind from the first death, that spiritual death. For yep. all mankind by the fall of Adam, being cut off from the presence of the Lord, are considered as dead, both to things temporal as to things spiritual. So he says right there, all of us are considered dead because of the fall of Adam. He's not making any distinction about whether you're alive or not. He says all mankind are considered as dead. And that's a temporary death. That's what the word temporal means. It comes from the same Latin root, temporary, temporal. That means in time, temporary. It's, it's a temporary situation. And the idea is that if you can reconnect or you, through through the atonement or the at-one-ment of Christ, which, again, I can't remember what we've talked about here on the podcast, so bear with me, listeners. But um, uh-huh. at-one-ment was a word that William Tyndale made up. William Tyndale's famous for having pioneered the English translation or one of the English translations of the Bible or starting an English translation of the Bible is about how we should better put it. Uh, he was Until he was to, killed. Until he was taken off the earth by the uh, the Catholics, he um, he was this word catalage uh, in Greek. He needed he needed to figure out how to transmit that into English, and reconciliation wasn't good enough, or whatever at the time was available to him wasn't good enough. So he makes up this word at one mint at one mint, and and in the 1590s, the term at atone atone still meant to be to be at one as to uh, a state of yeah. making making oneself at one but by the late 1600s it then be, became uh more of an idea of making reparations so to make up for so like you know if if i stole from you and we were going to be and i was going to atone for it in the 1590s i would come and i would talk to you john and i'd say hey i'm sorry i can't I can't make up for this, and but you would reconcile with me and say it's okay, you know, I forgive yep. you. That would be an atonement or atoning. Yeah. That would be a sufficient atoning as of 1590. But as of the late 1600s, it, making reparations would mean okay, I'd come to you and I'd say, John, I'm sorry, I stole from you, and you'd say, okay, well, 
I know you can't pay me the thousand dollars you took, but how about um, how about you give me your car? Or how about you work for me for a thousand hours? Or how about uh, I marry your daughter or something? You know, it's like that's yep. the that's the the what atonement or a, atone has come to mean, and it, but it didn't mean that at all when William Tyndale coined the phrase. And so the idea is that we're temporarily cut off, and if we can take part in the atonement of Christ, the atonement of Christ, then we can be reconnected, not not entirely while we're caught in the dream state or in the fallen world or the dead state, as you so astutely pointed out, but to, to reconnect, to try to reconnect while we're in the flesh and then ultimately via our loyalty to God be lifted up, raised up, anastasied or resurgerate or resurrected once once this situation here in the world is rectified, once the once the rebellion is put down and God comes and, and judges all the beings that are here. So that's kind of the, the theology of it uh, in a less rigid, dogmatic form yeah. that we'd hear it in Sunday school. And I realize there's some differences there, but uh, I'm, I'm open to being viewed as as a, as a slightly outside of the box on that uh maybe maybe people might call it heretical <laughs> well, Heter and, let's and call it heterodox heterodox heterodoxy yeah so you, you know I, I and i would agree and i would even say you know in in the meantime so you you talk about we've always heard oh you gotta die to be resurrected and and so there there's always been this this enigmatic sort of wait what does salvation mean what does redemption mean what does what does the the sacrament prayer say about having the spirit of the lord with you always and so ether three you know what when mahan Rai has gone this is a guy if, if you're if you're not familiar this is a guy who's getting ready to go across the sea which we could talk about a lot of symbolism there He's getting ready to go across the sea and he's wondering how to how to have light in darkness. And he has an experience and he and he sees the Lord. And this is what he's told. He says, because after he sees the Lord, he's that that would be analogous, I think, in a way to what we're talking about. Um, we, we always talk about, well, you got to get over spiritual death and physical death. Physical death is your you're you're going to die you're subject to death spiritual death is you're separated from god and so if you're in the presence of the lord you're not separated from god anymore and he says because thou knowest these things ye are mahanrai you are redeemed from the fall therefore you are brought back into my presence therefore i show myself unto you and this is mahanrai mortal we'll, we'll, we'll quote that on the on the podcast page that's really good important yeah. information yeah, here, here's a mortal guy. He's still going to die. It's kind of like Lazarus. Lazarus was brought back to life, but he's going to die again. Um, mm -hmm. And yet he's he's anastasied. He's he's stood up and brought into the presence of the Lord. And so there's there's kind of a an aspect of it there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we the, the problem, the, the over you have the micro and the macro issue here. Number one, you have the individual who has to be redeemed, and then you have the whole creation, the macro that has to be redeemed, and it will be burned, and the, the angels are coming to burn us up, and they will leave us neither root nor branch, as it says in Malachi. And um, well, actually, it's Joseph Smith history that explains that those that are coming will burn us up and leave us neither root yep. nor branch. That's the that's the difference in the way the angel quoted it to Joseph than the way it's written in the King James Bible in, in the Old Testament in Malachi. But yeah, that's the that's the thing that's issue at issue here. So here you have uh, Chris DeGarma, DeGarmo, excuse me. Uh, perhaps he experienced it, you know. Uh, I was always afraid of this song Something when it first happened. came out because yeah, I, I was afraid of the song because when it first came out, it, it was called Silent Lucidity, and Lucidity sounds like Lucifer. And we all know <laughs> Lucifer's bad, and it does come from the same. It does come from the same root, I believe. Uh, lucid. I'll look that up while I'm talking here. But um, Lucifer, meaning light bearer, and lucidity comes from uh, the French uh, lucidité, Latin luciditas, me, uh, meaning light, bright, clear, lucere to shine, lucere to shine. Yeah, so, yeah it's it's from the same root. And so lucidity means clarity. Uh, that in French means brightness or clearness, you know. So it's interesting how clarity in English, we don't necessarily associate with light. We associate, at least me, I associate it more with um, visually in my mind with definition, like resolution, clarity there as opposed to blurry. But it has to do with light, clarity, clearness. Right. So, uh, so here you have... Um, Chris DeGarmo's lyrics about uh, silent lucidity, silent clarity. He um, he goes on and he says, there's, there's like, after he says, you'll enter a magic new dimension, he says, I will be watching over you. And it, I don't know if it's, it sounds kind of like I, but it could also be we will be watching over you. Yeah. I'm not sure. You can interpret that however you want. I guess maybe the official lyrics are I, but I'll be watching over you. I'm going to help to see you through, or I'm going to help you see it through. I'll protect you in the night. That's a good question. What's the night? If we're in the death world, right. are we not in the night right death now? Death world. Yep. I'm smiling next to you in silent lucidity. So, so there's a guide there. There's a God there. Is this Jesus? And a lot of people don't like yeah. it. So a lot of Christians don't like to talk in these terms, but when you really yeah. are connect, when you're really interested in connection, you know, that's, this is a big deal. So this is, this uh, entity, this God is smiling next to you in silent lucidity. And then you get this kind of, uh, the, the song is really rock. It's, this is rock music and you get sort of a dark, uh, I don't know if you call it dark, but you get like a, a mechanical voice or something or a, a deep a deep booming voice and he says spoken he it says, might even switch to minor scale right there too yeah he, if he i says, remember right he says visualize your dream recorded in the present tense put it into a permanent form if you persist in your efforts you can achieve you can achieve dream control how are we feeling today better dream control dream control and then the the other voice says help me you know so so <laughs> that that is that is interesting i think that's a uh comment on um 
bringing the real world into the dream world that we inhabit here, the fallen world. Because he goes on and he says, if you'll open up your mind for me, you won't rely on open eyes to see. The walls you've yep. built within come tumbling down and a new world will begin. Living twice at once, this is your this is your living resurrection that you just talked about, the connection of Mahanrai with the, the yep. Lord on the mountain. Living twice at once, you learn you're safe from pain in the dream domain, a soul set free to fly, a round-trip journey in your head, master of illusion. Can you realize your dreams alive? You can be the guide, but I'll be watching over you. I'm going to help to see it through. I'll protect you in the night. I'm smiling next to you. And then it doesn't say it, but it's in silent lucidity. So, so you, you then break down the walls. You live twice at once. You make the round trip journey. Remember, there's a restoration that has to occur. We came from somewhere, which was the presence of God, and we're trying to get back there. This is the hero's journey. We've talked about this a lot yeah. on the podcast. And you're the master of illusion now. You can realize the dreams alive because you've now bridged the two worlds, which was part of the, part of the hero's journey was being coming the master of both domains. And then he says, you can be the guide. And so that's that is very typical of the esoteric or hermetic tradition where someone becomes enlightened and then goes and guides others on the path to enlightenment, which I think if we look at Joseph Smith's life, we are we're free to see him in that in that light that he is uh, a mentor, a, a visionary and an enlightened one that is guiding people along that path versus sort yeah. of in the, in the rigid way that we look at it through gospel doctrine in Sunday school as, as a, we would call him a prophet or a president who was setting down laws and, and establishing an institution where, you, you know, where the institution is the thing that leads to salvation. In this case, it's the, it's the journey and the connection that is salvation. And I think that's borne out by, um, most definitely by William Tyndale's word, atonement, at one yeah. it's, it's what he meant. But, you know, hey, we, we've got a lot of baggage. We've got a lot of tradition. We've got a lot of, a lot of different ideas out there. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on other people's way to look at the material, but I, I like this way better. That's my, that's my vote. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You, you know, you talked about, I, I think the key, one of the key moments anyway, maybe the key moment in that song is suddenly you'll hear and see this magic new dimension. So hearing and seeing gets used everywhere in the arts and it gets used by the Lord. If you have, you know, he, the Lord will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. And then you will, you will end up standing in two worlds at once because you're here in this world. And yet you are also standing and made to stand upright in the heavens. It's, it's, it oftentimes comes through in songs or in poetry or in artwork, mm -hmm. the difference between someone who is looking at the earth and someone who is looking to the heavens. That's what 
Don't Look Back by Boston is about. It's it's like, don't look back, a new day is breaking. I see myself in a brand new way. The sun is shining, the clouds are breaking. I can't lose now, there's no game to play. And he says, no game to play? Well, the game is the deaf world. The game is... And that makes me think of so many lyrics from so many different artists. I'm thinking about Led Zeppelin songs. I'm thinking about um, I, bands who I don't even want to name, right? But but they <laughs> because there's because there, that's something we get, that's something we can talk about here in a minute is the yeah because there's the, these team there's the people are playing on. But let, let me that's back right. you up really quick. Let me back you up really quick with scripture here. First uh, Nephi chapter 10, this is again in the Book of Mormon, if you're not familiar with uh, Mormon theology, but Nephi, the son of Lehi, had his father had related to him a dream about the tree of life, the great tree uh, found in a lot of cultures, but this was the, the exceedingly white tree that connects people into the heavens. Uh, it's a metaphor. Go back and read it, look at it, compare it to maybe the Norse tree Yggdrasil, how the uh, it's it's uh, a mechanism of moving through the different worlds and it's also yep. similar to the Ishid tree in Egypt and you can go you can go look about that look at that maybe we'll talk about it more sometime in the podcast it's, but, in, the, uh, it's in the Iliad and the Odyssey and the Aeneid it, it's, uh, it's everywhere it yeah. shows up so this is the this is the connection of the worlds of the cosmos and it's most often associated with a goddess. Anyway, and it is in Lehi's dream associated with a goddess, but we don't tend to read it that yep. way. So, but you have uh, here in First Nephi chapter 10, he says, I, Nephi, having heard the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he had received by faith on the Son of God, and the Son of God was the Messiah who should come, I, Nephi, was desirous also that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the times that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. For he is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and the way is prepared for all men from the foundation of the world, if it so be that they repent. And come unto him, for he that diligently seeketh shall find and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, as well in times of old as in times to come. Wherefore, the course of the Lord is one eternal round. So you're, it's not just in Queensryche. It's not just in Boston. It's not just in uh, art, it's in the Book of Mormon, <laughs> which yes, I'm, I'm guessing that most of the listeners were not expecting us to make that connection today. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that could go on and on, too. That could go into the Gospel of John, and that could go into uh, uh, extra-biblical uh, scripture that that is out there. Apocryphal, pseudepigraphical works, yes. yeah. Exactly. And and what what you find is this common, you know, when, when you find common themes and you find patterns, uh, the, the Lord works in patterns. And so one of the, you know, if you're trying to find out, okay, so like the good and evil, like wh which side is this coming from? 
it, it can be hard to it can be hard to know. You know, all of these tools, music included, get used by both sides, and so one really right, great right, right. way to know. We have to we yeah. have to talk about the stairway to heaven in a minute, but keep going. I'm just saying we got to get right, there right. because the connection right. to heaven is where we're on. Okay. We're just, we didn't even, so, we thought we might talk about that, but it's funny how the discussion ends up there. Keep, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So in about 20 seconds, I'm going through a tunnel and it'll be interesting to see if the connection, usually it stays, but we'll see. So um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I am going to that, cut that's out for about eight, eight seconds. Yeah, that, that's, exactly. a, that's an appropriate metaphor here. So you're going to go into a tunnel, and will we will Ben be at one with us at the end of it? Right. And, and can I have some light while I go through, please? So yes. here I go. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I'll play a little Queensryche for you while we're listening. Okay, he's back. Okay, so, oh, yeah, look at that. I, that makes me happy right there. So, it was all a bad so anyway, dream. So, it was all a bad dream spinning in, in your head, is what we just heard, right, as you were going through the call. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Going in, and so, you know, one of the, the big metaphors for that is going over the sea. And, and you see this everywhere. And then, and then what you see is you see the, the standing in two worlds. Um, in, in the Aeneid, Aeneas, they, they come to a shore as they're trying to find a safe place after that their, their world has died, Troy. And they, they bring their ships up and run them aground. So, and, and they, they sit and pause right at the shore. You've got, you've got this idea of we, we have gone through the darkness and we're, seeking at one minute again we're seeking this light again and so what what that brings us to is it brings us to you're 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 wide awake you're also free to choose always there are two paths you can go by right and so what what road is Dagarmo choosing as as he talks about suddenly i hear and see this magic new dimension and i'll be your guide there's, there's implicit in all of that is a path, a, a way to proceed from where you are to either a higher place or a lower place. And there's always forces pulling in both directions. And so that's, that kind of gets us right to, uh, some of the, some of the stairway to heaven stuff and everything else. There's, it, it's, it's amazing what's there. Any, any weakness in our knowledge it makes it harder to see, but you can you can pick through it and come to understand what's actually being said. And, you know, you can hear the different voices like in that song. There's two, there's really three voices in Stairway to Heaven itself. You've got a narrator who sort of introduces you to the scene, and then you've got the, the lady, the, the lady who knows all that glitters is gold, and she's trying to buy, she's trying to figure out where, how to access Stairway to Heaven. And then you've got an influencer, somebody who is pulling her one way or the other. And it, it, it's, it's tough to figure out exactly what he's saying, but when you can put the symbols in correctly, 
and understand the, the metaphors that are being used, you know exactly what's being said to her as far as, you know, what, what path should you go by. And so, what so, you're saying, so what you're saying is if you have a better paradigm, you have a correct paradigm to yeah. understand this, then you can recognize that Zeppelin's looking at it from the other team's side. Yes. It, it's just like anything. If you come to... If you come to a situation or a choice or a, a, a theology even, and you have a, an incorrect understanding of some piece of it, and you try to make that new understanding fit into an incorrect understanding, then it's, it's not going to work. And what, what is astounding to me is how much, how, how many of these you could call them theologies or reverse theologies that you find in the dark side of, of the use of the arts. How many of those actually have correct things that, that for centuries have not been understood correctly, but that get put into their right place when you do comparative analysis of, of different theologies and look for the patterns and, and, let the, the spirit be the actual teacher and guide there to, to illuminate, to give light to the, the situation, to the, you can, whatever, whatever you want to call it, the doctrine, the idea, the, the piece of the cosmos that you're trying to figure out. And, and so, and so, you know, Led Zeppelin comes down. You wouldn't believe how much, uh, pushback I receive when I tell people, well, this is, uh, this is on the bad side and dust in the wind is on the good side. And they're like, really? Why? And I tell them why. And then they're like, no, no, no. Well, that's, that's just because, you know, they're, they're not seeing that yet. And so, you know, dust in the wind, you're the one who actually pointed out to me that dust in the wind is a positive song. And I remember this girl that I, I knew in high school really well, She's, she goes, oh, I can't listen to that song. It's so depressing. It makes me so sad. All we are is dust, and, and we're just going to die and go away, and none of this matters, and, and I think it does matter. Well, that's not what the song is saying. What the song is saying is, as you so astutely pointed out, this is the death world, and the things that are happening here, if we give them or if we lend to them too much importance, we start looking at the world and stop looking at the heavens and that that's rife with with problems when when we do that and and dust in the wind is actually teaching the the good side of that understanding of that idea so and you've got stairway going it sounds like that's awesome we had uh stairway going earlier and now we've got dust in the wind going can you hear dust in the wind i can so this oh, is yeah, a particularly this is a particularly difficult uh, song to play on the guitar, which I would really like to be able to play. Tried. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So, be, what I was getting sidetracked on there while you were uh, elaborating on the the message of the song was how powerful it is with the music, like. Like when I when I start that song out, everybody knows what it is. Everybody that's at least 
in the age range, you know, over the millennials, I guess. You all know, we've all heard this. This is great, you know. And it brings us yep. right back. And what, what's interesting to me is we often don't pay, we don't, often don't pay very close attention to the lyrics. We just get sucked into the music. And um, Stairway, on the other hand, Stairway is the most played rock song ever. This yeah. Is, is just everyone knows this. In most fact, played, most requested, and highest grossing single song in history, bar none. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's out there. Like Zeppelin doesn't even care that we're playing it. I mean, we could play this whole song because it's it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, somebody would come after us for copyright. But uh, the great uh, one one of the great jokes was from is um, it Wayne's World when yeah yep. he goes to the guitar store and there's a sign that says no stairway no you stairway. Can't, you can't play Stairway to Heaven. He starts to play Stairway to Heaven, and they they tell him he has to stop, and they point to the sign. In fact, the whole store, the whole store, um, customers included, all turn to to tell him, nope, 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 don't do it. <laughs> put put down the guitar or play something else because yeah, yeah, it's it. So you know, the song is everywhere, and the song is is. You, you can't underestimate its its influence and its effect on, you know, like if we're if we're to sit and talk about influences and connections and uh, what's gone on and in the music world, it it changed it changed things forever. That that the singular song changed things forever, and its writing, you know, when it was written, it was written at three different stages in at least two different places. And it was, there's a story that goes around that's completely, turns out to be completely false, which is that Robert Plant was sitting on a, at a train station and he wrote all of the lyrics all, all in, in about 25 minutes. And then he, he got together with Jimmy Page that night and they had the whole song put together. It's, it's not really like that. It was far more, uh, it took a lot more development, far more intentional. But it's, yes, and very, and that's that's the exact message that I'm getting at is that there's an intentionality that this idea that the song just sprang out of out of Robert Plant one day as a as a monolithic sort of you know what would soon be. The, the greatest rock song of all time is, is the way most people put it. Just, just it doesn't end up being true. And so intentionality really comes into it. And, and what's, what's being said, what's being manipulated, what's being used to, to produce it is, is, is huge. And, okay, I mean, so and the, we could just, so we could talk go, about you, that forever. I want I want you to tell us a little bit about Stairway to Heaven here. Your thoughts on it? Yeah. Uh, getting back to Kansas, though, real quick to cap off that thought. Dust in the wind. Yeah. Remember, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and uh, the idea. Um, you got to go back to the cosmic metaphors, like uh, the song "Anybody Listening" by Queensrÿche starts out, and it says, "You and I long to live like wind upon the water." And yeah. If, if I close my eyes, 
I almost realize there's more to life than what we have known. I think I've got that. I think I've got that right. It was. Uh, well, let me see. Phosphor station identification. Really great song, by the way. Um, just one of those. One of those. Uh, clearly powerful and so much going on like uh, you know oftentimes like i was telling you i get pushback another pushback that i get is oh it's just music or oh it's just a movie or oh it's just a painting and and you know that that's just not that's such a, a an underestimation of what's going on with all of those different arts that are yeah and that, that was are, why I, that, that have power yeah, and this is why I was pausing you is because, or, or interrupting you here, is because we, we had decided as we were kind of thinking about what we talk about, that it was important to talk about the symbolism because you get all these, uh, you, had, you had a bunch of movements in the 80s or 90s where people were getting up in arms about the songs being played backwards. Like if you play it backwards, it's, it's devilish, you know, and says yeah. something about Satan or whatever. And that's entirely irrelevant because look at what yeah. they say played forwards look at Forward. <laughs> look at what they say in plain english you just don't understand the language of symbol and the language of artists when you're fixating on the way it's played backwards and maybe maybe they um maybe maybe there are are songs out there for sure there are songs out there that have little uh hidden what I'd call Easter eggs that if you play it backwards, it does this or whatever. It's, it's really called that back masking or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Back, yes. Yeah. Back, back masking or backtracking. The, the two most popular ones are stairway to heaven. The, the part where it says, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed. Now it's just a spring clean for the May queen. So when you play that backwards, it says something like uh sweet Satan, sweet Satan. And and it's it, sort it, of. it's not sort super of clear. Yeah, it sort of does. And then the other one that's really famous is uh, um, another one bites the dust by Queen, which when you play it backwards, it sort of says decide to smoke marijuana. And that's the first one I ever heard. My next door neighbor got out his turntable and literally pushed it backwards to play it for me. And you could hear it. But when I first heard it, I was so young. I think I was about 10 or 11. I, I couldn't hear it. I heard it later and was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of hear that. It, it's it, it kind of says that. But, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I'm glad that you agree with me that that. No, look what they're saying outright. It's yeah, because it's, the it's so much. And then and the hidden stuff. Yeah, it's so much backwards. more rich. It's so, it's so much more rich and, and obvious if you understand the language of symbol and if you understand the story of the cosmos and all the ways that it's been uh, talked about in myth and history and stuff like that. Literature. Uh, I was I wanted to point out though there 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 are lots of places where people throw these Easter eggs in. It just doesn't seem to me that like that the um, stairway that it matters that much. I mean it's just a it's just not it's not close enough to for me to think they did that on purpose as opposed to something like uh, Mozart wrote a song entitled uh, Difficile Lectu this was uh, like in 
the late uh, 1700s, he, he wrote this song that in Latin, it sounds, it's got Latin words, but in, if the words, when sung in the way that he sang them, it's, uh, it says in German, lick my A-R-S-E, lick me in the, which means kiss my A-S-S. Yep. In, kiss my butt. Kiss my butt. <laughs> yeah. In, in German. And so it also has another, um, another line that says something about their testicles. Right. And so it sort of yep. translates as it's difficult to lick my A and, and my B's. And so this is a family <laughs> program. This is a family program, but we have to talk about real things here. So he, so Mozart, uh, and he wrote this for a guy that was going to sing it, who, who had a pronunciation issue and he knew that he would sing it a certain way. And so it was a big, huge joke to sing these yep. Latin words. And then it, and it sound it comes off sounding like this and, and everybody got it except for the guy that was singing it. If, if, uh, if the Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah. if the Wikipedia story is correct, but, uh, and, and it's an Easter egg. It's an Easter right? egg. Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah. maybe the Beatles number nine does say something like turn me up dead man or something backwards. Maybe they, yeah. maybe they were experimenting with that. Maybe what was the one you had by Ozzy? Uh, another one bites the dust. Yeah, that's Queen. Queen. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the band Queen. Queen. Another one bites okay. the dust. And then and then maybe maybe they meant to do that with Stairway, but if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, means something, and that's very complicated. Yes, it does. I don't think they intended. I don't think they intended for it to be. Um, to to I don't I don't think they care that it says that backwards. But the, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I, to wrap up the thought with Queen's right, because I just took us on two tangents there, was he says, you and I long to live like wind upon the water. If we close our eyes, we'll maybe realize there's more to life than what we have known. And I can't believe I've spent so long living lies I knew were wrong inside. I've just begun to see the light. And so the wind on the water is a reference to Genesis chapter one, where he says the spirit of God moved upon the water. Genesis chapter one is incredibly poetic and we we rarely look at this uh even in you know even us uh churchgoers mormons that think we're <laughs> yeah, we think we know what's up in the be in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep well the deep is the great water deep and the spirit of god yep. moved the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. I mean, okay, so you got to know what light is. You got to know. You got to be thinking about it. You got to. You got to wonder what the deep is and what the waters are and what's the spirit. What's without form and void? What's darkness? What's this? You know, you what's what's the difference between the heavens and the earth? And so when he says you, we long to live like wind upon the water, we want it's the spirit of God that moves upon the water. That's the beginning of creation. And uh, man, DNC 93, man is spirit. Let me, let me read that. That's, that's yeah. also ultra poetic here uh, in Doctrine and Covenants section 93, because he says, he's talking about, uh, this is, Roughly verse 30, 30. Let's let's start at 29. 
man was in the beginning with God. Okay, so we're talking about the same thing in Genesis, right? And the same thing in Queensryche, okay? Yeah, now, yeah. There's now scripture on the Mind Virus show, unless Bobby votes it out. Okay, so <laughs> it, it, all truth, <laughs> okay, man, man was in the beginning with God. Intelligence or the light of truth was not created or made, neither indeed can it be. Well, that's something we have to reconcile with Genesis, because it says God said, let there be light, and there was light. Was it just created? Man is the man is intelligence or the light of truth. It was not created or made, neither can it be. All truth is independent in which in that sphere in which God has placed it to act for itself, as all intelligence also. Otherwise, there is no existence. Behold, here is the agency of man, and here is the condemnation of man, because that which was from the beginning is plainly manifest unto them, and they receive not the light. And every man whose spirit receiveth not the light is under condemnation, for man is spirit. The elements are eternal, and spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy. And when separated, man cannot receive a fullness of joy. We are separated like um, we are separated like Samuel the Lamanite said in Helaman. We're separated from God, so we cannot receive a fullness of joy. And then he goes on, he says, the elements are the taber tabernacle of God. Yea, man is the tabernacle of God, even temples, and whatsoever temple is defiled, God shall destroy that temple. The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, light and truth. So I know I know I'm reading a lot here. Yeah. You know, you guys can, you listeners, I hope, will go back and try to decipher this stuff. But when Kansas says all we are is dust in the wind that's he's talking about we are the physical corrupted element longing for the eternal element it's not we're not talking about not having a body we're talking about having a an uncorrupted incorruptible immortal body like alma and lehi are talking about in those troublesome passages we're talking about uh, the spirit taking control of the element not the not going from ashes to ashes and dust to dust and so, so when the uh, what Carrie Livgren is the guy's name that did uh, Carry yeah. On Way Wayward Son and um, Dust in the Wind, he had he had uh, historically it's it's been recorded that he had some really interesting experiences and was into some into some very cool metaphysical stuff at the time he wrote these songs. It's it's very he was into some. What, what, what you'd call probably Joseph Smithian eternal progression themes without the Joseph Smith. And, right. and he says, uh, you know, so he's contemplating the, the different states of existence in, in the fallen world. And he says, I close my eyes only for a moment and the moment's gone. All my dreams pass before my eyes a curiosity. Dust in the wind. All they are is dust in the wind. Same old song, just a drop of water in an endless sea. The great deep on the here he is. It's yep. Queens Reich in Kansas. They're talking about Genesis. All we do, yep. cr all we do, crumbles to the ground. Though we refuse to see, we're back to silent yep. lucidity, right? We're in a dream world. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. Now, don't hang on. Nothing lasts forever, but the earth and sky. It slips away. And all your money won't another minute buy. Again, you're back to that whole idea that we have corruptible element and uncorruptible elements. So the earth, the, the earth, that right there is a symbol for his uncorruptible element. Even though we know the earth passes away, 
Because you have Doctrine and Covenants section one where he says, the heaven, though the heavens and the earth pass away, my word shall not pass away, right? So we know certain things pass away. Yeah. Here, here I don't think uh, Libran is really talking about it in those terms. He's talking about it in the DNC 93 terms where man and spirit inseparably connected receive the fullness of joy. But, but it slips away right now when they're separated, man cannot receive a fullness of joy. I, I had never realized that we have this analog or this uh, synchronicity between DNC 93 and dust in the wind. It's very, very close. <laughs> right, it slips, right. It slips away and all your money won't another minute by dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. Everything is dust. In yep. the wind. Now we're, now we're back to Ecclesiastes where, it's all vanity. It's, you know, in this world, in this world where the, where the world passes away, where the, where, uh, the fall has occurred, you know, that's yep. the part that where everything is dust in the wind. So anyway, and, there, back, and there's some, to, there's some Led Zeppelin lyrics that talk tie, about that exact tie us thing. right back into Zeppelin. Oh my gosh. Well, it, it's, uh, they they have this log of songs that that kind of all go together that tell a specific story and a specific kind of set of uh it it puts together a cosmology and hang on one sec i gotta ask this guy a question yeah you're off master for you probably to do thing right right here then a left and another left and pull you out on the side you bet thanks bud so um, we got some construction going on in town here, where I've we arrived. Or, we can cut that, or we can leave it in for flavor. <laughs> yeah, I like the flavor. That's cool. <laughs> you, any any time you get to talk to the road crew, so <laughs> so they they have this this log of songs, but then they also have these other songs that have little tidbits of of information in them, and and it if you start to put it all together it gets even more rich or more clear that the clarity becomes undeniable, but, but it, it really all starts with battle of Evermore and stairway to heaven and battle of Evermore tells the story of the war in heaven and the, the rebellion and the fall and stairway to heaven zeroes right in on individuals and individual choice concerning the way the, the path Christians were called followers of the way long before they were called Christians and who is the capitalized way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so stair stairway actually goes through some symbolism that, that points directly to Christ and, and it, it eventually tries to explain to you, you know what? Don't get on that ship. Don't get on that that bark to fly to the heavens. Stay here. We'll make this heaven. And yeah, real, real quick for the listeners, that, uh, you used the yeah. word bark, and that's the term for the uh, the boat that Horus, the god of Egypt, which is a type of Christ, he he would get on this bark or boat and take it up the Nile or up the up the Milky Way if he was in the heavens to the undying yep. stars in the north to get back to the, the to where he came from back to the heavens back to his father and so so the boat or the bark keep, continue on right in the middle of facsimile number two in the book of abraham right right there's a bark there there's a bark there 
and so so what what happens is you have there's a lot of different imagery that go that is based on the sea or the deep and 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 the world itself you you get the the world cosmeo cosmos that gets translated in the bible into world over and over again and what are we really talking about what are we talking about when it says sea these things represent things and we have to sort of teach ourselves to be able to see the the metaphor that's that's being pointed at because it's it's not always it's usually not on the surface that's the the nature of of art like this and so in in stairway to heaven you have the there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven in other words everything is just as it seems and so i need to figure out how to get to heaven um there's a sign on the wall but she wants to be sure because you know sometimes words have two meanings and so you're going through you start going through the the lyrics and you're you're realizing she's in a dilemma she's in a she's in a state where she really is not sure she she is wondering and there's there's two paths you can go by and one follows to the west at the horizon which again we're getting into egyptian theology and mythology that the image is is following to the west to get on that bark to get on that ship the bark of millions that that horus the the god that we could equate to christ takes you from this death world into a world of life and light think of the light we were talking about in dnc 93 you're you're dead without it you're alive with it and and yet the voice in in stairway says stand looking stand long turn around away from that horizon away from that ship and go back into the woods where you belong where we will make this place our own heaven we will succeed because i want to be a god that's what lucifer says right i i want to be your way I want and to be so your here's god, your yeah. counterfeit yes here's your counterfeit so, who so are you going to follow then? who's the piper then the piper will lead us to reason yes so reason itself is is one of the big keys there because what reason is is the opposite of what we we would say in Mormon tradition as the spirit and that and that's that's pretty ubiquitous that that goes everywhere You've yeah, got, you have the irrational the irrational in Greece was the the spirit and, world yes yeah exactly irrational so, and so rational reason here, and, so reason here is an overt commentary by Robert Plant and Jimmy Page yes mostly Plant that uh the piper is going to lead us to reason um and and if you stand long if you stay here the forest will echo with laughter so so this is the idea that we're going to make it work in this world yes and and if you if you go back to everything you learned in sunday school and think about what's being said when when you're looking at the rebellion you're looking at two plans you're looking at 
two two ways to go. What is what does what does Lucifer say in the book of Revelations concerning the throne of God and concerning the the angels that are in the clouds? I will ascend above them and I will make that my throne. So so what's happening in the rebellion? Because that's that's gotten really real right there. Like that's what he he's not talking about. Well, I want to give, you know, I want some other choices out there. And, and, and I love everybody so much too, that, that, that here's, here's, you know, just in case there's another way, he's not saying that he's saying, I'm going to replace your way. And that is progression in the heavens way, right? Mm -hmm. I want to replace the, the theology, the cosmology, the, the structure of the heavens will be mine. And so, and so the Piper um in case well, the piper, there's, a, there's a yeah go ahead well the piper the piper is uh is an important metaphor because you know the pied piper is sort of a hypnotic uh literary device we've we we all are when, when he says piper we all have certain images um come up and it doesn't necessarily have to be the pied piper or the uh somebody that's leading a bunch of animals along the path but that that's that's one of the main images that comes up other people have danced to the to the dance of a piper there's there's all kinds of unison type yes. of of uh images that should come to your mind about how you don't just you don't think you just do it you you just start <laughs> dancing because that's the only it's sort of a it's sort of a metaphor for orthodoxy this idea it's it's not a harmony a piper is a is a beat uh you know kind of a dance beat that everybody falls in line so and right. just, that's what i was thinking well and it, and it even says in there um call the tune okay and so what do, what does call the tune mean what happens is is you've got a, you've got a, a musical artist standing up there getting ready to play and somebody calls the tune and it, it may be the establishment owner, it may be the band leader, it may be whoever it is. They, they call, they say, okay, we're, get, we're going to sing this song. And so what you're talking about with the piper, it says, your head is humming. He's talking to the lady. So this is now the, the influencer, really, I think. Your head is humming and it won't go in case you don't know. So it's, it's, it's not going to stop being hard. The piper's calling you to join him. Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? So now we've got a juxtaposition because what is wind blowing? What is wind? What is pneuma? What is the other voice? Okay. Can you hear the wind blow? And did you know your stairway lies on the whispering wind? So whispering wind is the juxtaposition to wind blowing because wind blowing is pneuma, the spirit. This is John chapter three. Is, yes. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? No, 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 no. Because we, we, we can bring up that whole idea that the wind blows. Uh, this is Nicodemus and being born again and stuff. But you need to explain how there are false spirits. That's what you're getting at. And yes. when you yes. say juxtaposition, I want to make it very clear for the listeners. Yes, the wind is the spirit, but the wind is also the spirit. Uh, right. The, others, the right. other spirit and so your That's stairway right. lies on the whispering wind. And I didn't know this until you had explained to me that whispering wind is a code word 
for the other team. Yes, it is. It is. So this goes to a few different places. Most more recently, what you would say is that in witchcraft, there is, and, and you can just Google this and, and see all kinds of stuff that kids don't do it. But <laughs> the whispering wind is literally answering the opposite voice, the directly opposing voice to Numa, to the true wind. The spirit, yeah. the capitalized in your Bible, this will be capitalized the spirit. Okay. Yeah. So just and for, so, for everybody's for a little background, Numa P N E U M A yep. is the transliteration of the Greek Numa, Numatos, which means breath, wind, or lung, or spirit, yep. or ghost. And so that whole discussion in John chapter three between Jesus and Nicodemus, where he says, you know, uh, the wind blows where it's want, where it wants, and you can see the leaves rustling on the trees, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. So also is everyone born of the spirit. That's a very poetic play on words because uh-huh. it's pneuma every time. And that's a good, that's a good, um, reference point foundational point to discuss can you hear the wind blow this part of the the lyrical uh story of stairway to heaven because that very well may have been the absolute actual literary reference robert plant was making when he said wind blow yeah. it could very well have been john chapter three that he was he was using there and i didn't see the juxtaposition until you uh until you pointed out when we were talking about it a while ago anyway continue sure Sure. So um, actually, if we go back, it, we we get we get a, f- a few things. Um, let's see. So he, he, he the the narrator him, himself actually says many times, uh, "Ooh, it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. There's a feeling. And then it says there's a feeling I get when I look to the West. And my spirit is crying for leaving. Okay. So there is this call and there is this inside your spirit. There is this call to go west following the path of the sun, S-U-N and S-O-N, following that path, getting on the bark, the ship that we talked about. In my thoughts, I have seen rings of smoke through the trees and the voices of those who stand looking. Okay, so now he's saying, you know, I've got this spirit that's crying for leaving, and I, I really do want to get out of here, which which Lucifer and, and his team, they do also. They want to make a heaven of this of their own, and they're, they're kind of upset, and that they're upset about Adam and Eve showing up. They're upset about the Lord and his angels showing up and and putting on their side of of the war in heaven right and so right. he says let, in let my me, thoughts i have yeah yeah well, let me so, let me real quick before you go there because you're talking about going to the west to get in the to get on the ship and yes. i just i'm reminded of Queensryche. i just want to go back to the lyrics for anybody listening by the way he says oh yeah yeah feel the breeze times so near you can almost taste the freedom see this is looking into the west there's a warm yep. wind from the south Okay, now the, I know the directions are a little messed up here, but the idea is if you're if you're using the great deep as the the ocean of the sky, you get on the Milky Way in the south and you take it to the north. 
He says, yes, yes. There, there's a warm wind from the south. Hoist the sail and we'll be gone. By morning, this will all seem like a dream. And if I don't return to sing the song, maybe just as well, I've seen the news and there's not much I can do alone. So mm -hmm. so anyway, even even the, again, this is Christopher DeGarmo and uh, Jeff Tate contributed to this one also. But uh, you're you're back in Stairway to Heaven. So so I think this is important because th these guys are not necessarily playing off of each other. They're playing off of the ancient uh, myths and, and all the literature that's been built up. I, I don't think yeah. DeGar DeGarmo is writing that because he's he's talking. Oh, let's talk about Stairway to Heaven. He's you know, he's, he's not saying, yeah, Robert Plant was thinking of the boat. He's thinking of the, he's thinking of all the myths that relate yeah. to that same, that same motif. And so my spirit's cr crying for leave leaving. And in my thoughts, I've seen rings of smoke through the trees and the voices of those who stand looking. And that's where I cut you off. Yeah. So re really good and well said. So, so, I, I agree. I think that what's happening is DeGarmo is is drawing on the same patterns uh, in in the truth that is found in scripture, in mythology, in all of these different places, in the imagery and the symbols. The, the thing is, one of the powers of music is that it uses so much symbol and symbol transcends time and transcends um, corrupted and and uh destroyed and taken over cultures it 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 makes it through that's why uh nursery rhymes when christianity was illegal the gospel was taught in nursery rhymes and you can't even see it until you see it but then when you see it you can't unsee it and there it is and so they're tapping into because open eyes right and so eyes yeah. that are are able to he, able to he, see it so the, the voices of Yes, exactly. And so, so the voices of those who stand looking. So the image here, it took me a while to figure out what was going on here, but I, I saw it one day and I was like, Oh my gosh, now I can't unsee that too. The, the voices, <laughs> he's, he's, he's seeing rings of smoke in the trees behind him. He's, he's facing west. He's looking out towards the one path to follow, which is Christ. Behind him is the hill and the, the the trees and rings of smoke that are calling to him and they, they oftentimes tap into sort of the pagan ideas mm -hmm. that that and imagery that 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 gets juxtaposed as well right piper um fits right in there as well mm -hmm. and so because the piper leads to destruction right yeah 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 and we'll in have my... to we'll have to another in another uh, episode we'll have to talk about yeah. where where paganism comes from and what there because there's really good things in some of the pagan rituals yes. and s some really good uh, symbolism and metaphor there. It's not necessarily all bad just because it's quote unquote pagan, but the way it's being right. used and this is why it's so important to understand the context is that for, yeah. for Robert for Robert Plant the paganism would be uh, wh whatever version of paganism he's into that's. Yep that resonates with him and he's using that imagery. Yes. And I think even there, I, I would say that Jimmy Page helped him write that part because they got together and wrote the song together. And Jimmy Page was even more um, tuned into and, and connected to the, the 
sort of the 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 corrupted side of of what comes out of the pagan world because yeah. you know we've been taught we've been taught Egypt is bad we've been taught pagan is bad we've been taught all these yeah. things but but go through and find the patterns of truth and so yeah I agree and so here what's happening is behind him the rings of smoke are in the trees and the voices of those who stand looking so standing and looking is not going right? They're standing. They've stopped on the beach. They've stopped up on the hill. They're what they're, they're looking, but they're, they're not going. And the Christian word for this is damnation. Yes, they've stuck. Exactly. Stand stopped. They've, their progression is halted. And why? Because the rings of smoke in the trees are calling them. And then it, it goes on and it says, and it's whispered that soon, if we all call the tune, then the piper will lead us to reason. Okay, so there we go. We've got the, the, the he's saying if we choose, if we listen to the right voice, the whispering, the whispering voice, the whispering wind, we'll get called to reason, and a new day here will dawn. This this idea, this new day dawning, is Satan claiming victory and saying, mm-hmm. "Look, we we will be successful." And, and I believe he believes he will. And so, and I believe that his, his people, including the people writing the song, believe, believe it as well. And the forest will echo with laughter. And so he, you've got pagan and all kinds of things going on. Now he turns right to the lady again. And he says, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Well, what's a hedgerow? England, a right? hedgerow. Yes. If you go to England and you you walk around, you see walls or hedges that literally protect your fruit, your crops from the the critters that are out there, the deer, the elk, the 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 who knows whatever. Your hedge these are literally. Thick, right? and, these are thick. They, yes. In World War Two, they had to make special tanks with uh, to go. They fitted the tanks with them. special equipment to get through them that would cut down these hedgerows. Yeah. They'd have like a tracked vehicle Absolutely. to push yeah, absolutely. And and it's in Isaiah five, right there. There's there's a garden on a hill and there's a there's a vineyard on a hill and there's a hedge built about it and a tower. Right. Okay, so yeah. what you have is you, you have this this imagery is is all over in the Book of Mormon and in the Bible and everywhere, too. If there's a bustle there, if you if you see somebody coming to try to to influence you away from us in a way or if if. There's trouble because you're still wondering is what that means. Bustle in your hedgerow. Don't be alarmed. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. So the May Queen is, that's a fertility uh, festival that's held every May all over in Great Britain, in Europe. They, the, they'd have a maypole. They would have all these different things. It's, it's fertility. It's life. It's spring, springtime. It's, the, the new life that's coming. And again, we're, we're getting pagan here. Don't worry. We're just getting ready for the May Queen. The May Queen would be a virgin. She would be a, uh, a young maiden, unmarried, who represents the new life that is promised in her womb is, is one of the big deals there. And so the very next words, so it says it's just a spring clean for the May Queen. So don't, don't be so worried. Yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. So don't worry. How 
how luciferian how satanic yeah. is that <laughs> phrase right like mm-hmm. nothing sounds more like that being than that line right there there's still time to change the road you're on so don't worry and then it says ooh it makes me wonder then it gets what we talked about before your head is humming and it won't go in case you don't know yeah. this this challenge this choice doesn't go away the piper's calling you to join him Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? We talked about all that. Your stairway lies on the whispering wind. Then it gets really dark. Yeah, so it's how this is how you're going to get to heaven. Don't don't worry about that other way. Here's how yes. you're going to get to enlightenment, to heaven, to uh, eternal life, yes. uh, immortality, whatever whatever it is. This is the way. I have a plan. Saturday's warrior, which is a a, a Mormon <laughs> thing from when we were all young. Now I'm going to have to dig that up. And none, None of you will be lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could go into that. That would be interesting. But it says, so now it says, as we wind, and as we wind, this is the hard part. So all of a sudden it turns into a rock song. And as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our soul. So shadows is, is spirits, for one. Um, shadows is all over in, like, uh, Dante's, Dante's Divine Comedy. A shadow is somebody who has passed on, somebody who has has gone on to the other side. They've died. They've they're waiting for resurrection. This is a spirit, a shadow. And so winding on down the road, winding down. So uh, tell us a spiraling, little bit about spiraling the, the, downward. The, the spiral and the two serpents. Yeah. Would you talk about that a little bit? Because well, yeah, just you to, can talk about that better than I can. For sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. But in ancient cultures, you have. You have this issue of uh, direction. Direction and uh, visual uh, placement matters a lot. And so if you had a, a, a spiral that's going clockwise, that's one that's ascending. And if you have one that's going counterclockwise, you're descending because if you're, if you're, and it's always from the perspective of the heavens, if the, if the, if you're spiraling upwards, you're going to go clockwise. So from north yep. to east, north to east to south to west. That's the that's the clockwise spiral. Yep. And um, that's so why you need a south wind to blow you north. Yeah. That's why you need a south wind to blow you north. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm just this always boggles my mind because I'm looking at it. If you if you look up into the north, you've got the stars that are spiraling, and they appear. Because the earth is um, turning to the east, turning to the east, they appear to be going counterclockwise. But if you were above that, it would appear to be clockwise. So from our perspective down from here, the heavens, yes. yeah, it's all it's all about being yep. viewed from the heavens. And so when you when you're dealing with spiraling or direction, clockwise is up and counterclockwise is down or ascending versus descending. And. So now it, it gets really tricky when you see one of those spiral coils because it's like, okay, which does it start from the inside yeah. or go to the outside? Start at the outside, and because yeah. if depending on where you start, you're you're uh, you're going to be backwards. But it also one thing you need to take into consideration is not everybody that ever made a spiral knew what they were doing, and so yeah. you've got to know the context and the setting of the of the piece of work that you're looking at, and you've got to yeah. know. Uh, about the people that made it. I'm going to post a link here on the website to William Blake's spiral staircase painting, which is really cool. 
since we've been talking about stairway to heaven <laughs> and it, and it ascends the, the correct way as you view it, it as as i as, it, as i recall but i well I, I i don't remember for sure but that that'll give a good image and so uh, yeah. right there too you've got you've got two serpents so this becomes the medical sign the uh um not a roboros what's the what's the the caduceus it's called the caduceus, caduceus. Yes. And so who is the original actual serpent? Well, picture Moses holding the serpent up on the staff and all that the children of Israel needed to do was to look upon the serpent on the, who was raised up. Well, that would be a spiraling upwards serpent, the original serpent. Then the mm -hmm. counterfeit is the spiraling downwards serpent. And so right here we, we read in the lyrics, and as we wind on down the road, so now she is following him in his mind. And as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our soul, there walks a lady we all know who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. We can still make gold. So in, in Solomon's temple, the Holy of Holies was gold on all the walls, right? What did it represent? Mm -hmm. It represents light. So you have access to the light that makes you alive through us. Don't worry. You're good. And if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last when all are one and one is all. So now we're, we're getting right into copying or counterfeiting the, the, the wording that the Lord uses in making the one all and the all one be, becoming one with me. Let them be one as we are one, Father, right? And mm -hmm. so he's saying, I will bring oneness and you will be one with me. And then he has this little knock directly, I, I think directly at the Lord with the very last words. It says to be a rock and not to roll. Well, what's the, the rolling rock in the Bible? And if, if it doesn't roll, what's the result of that? And then at the very last, and it says, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. So it's all, it's all right. I mean, we could talk about that, those last words quite a bit. There's, there's a ton in there. And it actually took me a really long time to understand that part. Um, like more than a year. It just, I, I had to have certain pieces of understanding put in place so that I could even conceive of what was actually being said. And, and, you know, we, mm -hmm. we can talk more about that, but there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there, there at the end, but it, the bottom line is you are following, you are following us down the road. So the best imagery I have of this is Dante's Inferno. They, in the divine comedy, they start by going from sort of a middle ground where, where they are on earth with Virgil. Dante, Dante goes with him, spiraling down through the levels of hell until mm -hmm. they see the adversary encased in ice. And then they, they take a shortcut right back out. They go through purgatory, which is kind of an interesting thing. But then they get to the mountain of the Lord and they ascend upwards and they keep the mountain on the correct side so that they can continue to ascend until it's a throne theophany. They, he goes and sees the Lord. And yeah. so he see, goes to the throne of, of the sun. And so, and, and those are those type of 
those type of things, those, uh, what Hugh Nibley would call a thrown theophany, those, those occur all over in, in the arts. And when you find them, it's pretty, pretty quickly you can, you can discern, uh, w- what's going on and which side is talking and everything else. And here it's, you know, unfortunately, because Led Zeppelin, probably my number one favorite band all through high school and, and on into the years, uh, it ends up being on the bad side. So <laughs> there you have it. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, so then is it bad to listen to their music? I, I, uh, my, my personal opinion is that with under, when you understand something, and and see it for what it is and see it correctly you've pulled its teeth in a way and you can actually be educated by it because what it, it's like opening I, I think i said it to you this way before uh, uh quite a while ago um or maybe you said it to me this way and i was like that's brilliant it's like <laughs> being handed it's like being handed the other team's playbook right yeah you you, you literally you know we we live in this world and the, the forces that work in this world are are very real. And so, you know, w- one of the one of the things the adversary does is try to teach us that he's not real. The other thing he tries to teach us is that he has no power. And uh, to which to which I say, wait a second, there's there's a lot of power. In fact, um, and I wish I had this. You, you may remember this, but in in the New Testament, the Lord talks about the prince of this world about to arrive, and he actually leaves. And why is that? Because the prince of this world, or um, a Black Sabbath song, Lord of this world, the adversary, th- this death state is is in very many real ways under, under his power. And so seeing it at play in... The imagery and the symbols that are used here is, to me, it's an education, and it's it's a it's a look. This is what you're dealing with. You're not you're not dealing with with uh, wimps here. You're not dealing with don't, something yeah, that is without knowledge. Yeah, you're not dealing with somebody who is with without knowledge. There's there's a lot of knowledge on the, on the the side of the adversary there's a lot of understanding there's a lot of uh you know he's he's not dumb he's pretty good at this and he's been doing it for a long time and in order to fight it under you know rage against the machine lyric know your enemy Uh, that's so so i i say no i say i don't think it's bad but you know that is definitely for you to decide and follow the spirit on stuff like that because you know what it does for me it may not may not be you know don't don't throw it at your kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't I think. Well, you, yeah, you want to you want to teach him uh, correct principles right up front, so that they can navigate these uh, these murky waters that we're in. And, and um, you know, we've been going for over an hour, uh, two and a half hours here, and I think this is a good place to start to wrap up. I, I yeah. agree with you that it's. Uh, I agree with you that it's. Um not bad to, I mean, some things are just coarse, right? Like some, yes. some yes. things are just vulgar and coarse. And that's one thing we didn't talk much about was the beats and like things like rap music or really coarse rap music or you know, overtly, overtly sexual, like just in your face 
um, yep. stuff. Like there's a, some of the, I won't even mention it. I, won't, I don't want to give it time, but there's been some stuff come out even in the last year where it's like, um, yeah, it's just so base that it's, it's, it's almost juvenile. It's, it's, it's like entropy on wheels. It's like, this is, I, this is hurting my brain just to even look at it. But the, <laughs> right. Right. But, but the uh, stuff like Stairway to Heaven or, or Battle of Evermore, Misty Mountain Hop, uh, Cashmere, I love to Going listen to, to California. Zeppelin. Yeah, I, I love to yep. listen to Zeppelin. I I think they're a great band, and they're I, you know I haven't gotten into some of the other stuff that you're more familiar with, but but yeah, it doesn't the a lot of the movies that we watch have. Uh, problematic content if you don't understand what they're doing some of it's intentional some of it's unintentional so i agree with you that you know as long as you know what you're as long as you're careful and you're not just dipping yourself into abject uh degeneracy just to do it you know it can it can be educational and it, uh, entertaining and informative you just need to know what you're dealing with and uh um, yeah i've got a I don't know any, any any thoughts on that. I've got a thought from Joseph Smith. I kind of want to wrap up with here, but before we read that yeah. and then and then fade away into that uh, music that's supposed to right. you know <laughs> that's supposed to give us that feeling of the ooh you know the mind virus podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what, what else? Well, I I think we're going to have to talk about this some more, and I think our listeners listeners out there, yeah, you know, please comment, give us some give us some thoughts if you have uh, questions for John or me specifically, please post them on the podcast page on the website, mindvirus.show. And I'm sure he'll check that or I'll remind him and ask him questions. And we yeah. can, if we get a, any discussion going there, that might be kind of fun. But yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, I, I think we're going to need to talk more about music and the influence it has and, and the symbolism of, of, certain music in the future this is a important topic but what 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 do you got uh kind of as parting thoughts so we one of the things we talked about earlier is the power of music itself right and mm -hmm. and so recog recognizing how how real and how um how much actual influence things can have so if if you look at the powers in the world and you look at the different things that are going on and the battle itself, you know, the the, the war in heaven is right here. And so if, if you look at those things, it so often comes down to it, it boils down to trying to influence the will of people. What what are you going to do? How are you going to um move forward? Uh, what, what are your opinions? What are your, your things? And, and music uses the, all these different kind of tools and mechanisms to, to, to bring that about. And so what you're saying is absolutely right. It matters. It's, it's, it's an important topic and yet it so easily can be written off as, oh, it's just entertainment. Well, just entertainment. What, what I, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't. I don't jive with that at all. I, I think that that we are um, and, and there's a lot of uh, very sacred and spiritual sides of music that that we that we should talk about that that are are very influential, um, you know, for good. And so, yeah, 
that yeah. if you say my, my parting thing is there's serious <laughs> power there. Well, you might you may want to comment on this because this is yeah. There's even more to talk, and we're we're gonna have to cut off at some point. But um, yeah, if you if you think that it's just entertainment, then you failed to recognize what you're caught up in, the nature of the reality that you're caught up in. You uh, yeah. you get you get this problem in the modern world, and you kind of touched on it: symbolism versus literalism. And we, we have this problem in the modern world where we go, we, we segment everything into these different areas of life. Like, oh, well, I can I can do this over here. We have situational ethics, right? We can do this over here because it's just business. <laughs> it's just business. No, that's legal. It's technically legal. So I should do that or whatever. And we, right. we go we go to the to the movie theater and we suspend our disbelief. And we go watch a show and we don't we think, oh, that's just it's just entertainment. It's not having any effect on me. Well, that that's because we think of ourselves as profane. We are profane. That's by definition profane. Nothing matters. It's it's uh, it's this uh, thing that Solomon was saying in Ecclesiastes. Like, yeah, I, I looked at the world and it's all profane. Everybody's behaving in a profane manner. Nothing is sacred. And the ancients, the not everybody, but the, the ones that we should learn from, the, the great teachers recognized that their existence was sacred, not profane. And so yeah. just the simple act of eating a meal or uh, being with friends um, or engaging in teaching, they would treat that as a sacred experience. They would have festivals and they the festivals and the feasts all started out sacred yeah. and they were they were focused on um their rituals were focused on observing well teaching teaching the correct narrative and then observing the the rituals at the times and seasons to manifest that they understood they were in sync with the heavens and we we don't we just don't think in those terms we don't we don't care we we've just dumbed it all down and and make it all profane and when we don't think that the music is important we're behaving as if we're just the lowest beasts of the field you know, we're the lowest yeah. uh, creations here in this this world rather than than God's in embryo, uh, co-eternal with God, the, the light of truth, intelligence that was neither created nor made. We we don't see ourselves as sacred. And so therefore we don't we don't care about the lyrics of what we're listening to. It's just, oh, it's got a good beat or whatever. Yep. And yep. Uh, so therefore we're trapped by it. We're controlled by it rather than us uh acting upon it and and so th there's a very yeah. very real issue here the sacred versus the profane and i wanted to bring that up relative to what you were just saying yeah i i, I so agree and i i think you know that's why we've lost connection with symbolism and symbols you know knowing ju just that one little step like learning learning what what is being employed to to teach um, and, and recognizing those things for what they are is really important. You know, symbols and art were art and music and narrative and, and, and stories are preserved to preserve cultures and societies and peoples. And, you know, getting, getting away from that is, is, is always precedes the fall that losing losing connection losing touch with that understanding is just is a is a piece of every 
any any good apostasy re requires it and so that that's why that's why we why we want to undo that by replacing that with knowledge and understanding that's yeah. that's why i'm interested in it so yeah, yeah. well I here, agree. here's here's the final thought from from joseph um and you know we sometimes in our culture will will especially in the mormon culture will say oh these things are off limits those are the mysteries, you know, don't, don't go there. There's like a set and everybody that's been to church and has been for any length of time knows there's a certain range or window of ideas that can be discussed. And a lot of people hold the rest of it off limits, but here's what Joseph Smith said. This is teachings of the prophet, uh, Joseph Smith, page 137. And we'll end on this. He said, a fanciful and flowery and heated imagination beware of because the things of God are of deep import and time and experience and careful and ponderous and solemn thoughts can only find them out. Thy mind, O man, if thou wilt lead a soul to salvation, must stretch as high as the utmost heavens and search into and contemplate the darkest abyss and the broad expanse of eternity. Thou must commune with God. How much more dignified and noble are the thoughts of God than the vain imaginations of the human heart? None but fools will trifle with the souls of men. And that's usually where people end the quote. But let me continue on. And I'm not sure if these were said in the same <laughs> setting, but they're, but they're also, they're one after the other in, in teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith. He says, how vain and trifling have been our spirits, our conferences, our councils, our meetings, our private as well as public conversations. Too low too mean, too vulgar, too condescending for the dignified characters of the called and chosen of God, according to the purposes of his will from before the foundation of the world. We are called to hold the keys of the mysteries of those things that have been kept hid from before the foundation of the world until now. I, I feel like, I hope yeah. that our conversations have been along those lines, mine and Bobby's and mine and yours. And I, and I, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your thoughts, and and you know it's not just taking the time, but to go out on a limb and uh, tell people important things that they might disagree with and might laugh at, or you know might scoff at or or discard, <laughs> you know. But hey, I'm I'm comfortable being, uh, you know, I'm comfortable being in that group with you, John. <laughs> yeah. And, and having these and, conversations. And I, you, Jordan. <laughs> if, it's just, if it's just us two or us and Bobby, I, I'm comfortable with that. So, so thanks for <laughs> there you go. Thanks for being on the podcast today. And I'm going to go ahead and, and unless you've got something else, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, no, that, thank you. That's a great. I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, end it, end it better than, than those words. That's uh that, that's a, I think a really appropriate uh comment from from joseph smith to 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 bring in there i i, I really do so yeah thank you good, good time for sure my times, my, yeah. my pleasure for sure <laughs> good well, thank you well uh everybody right. that's listening if you've listened this far we thank you we hope that you're getting uh something interesting out of this and that you'll comment whether whether you agree or disagree we hope that you're enjoying the spirit of this and that you'll comment on the website if you have questions comments or things to share with the rest of the listeners we're we have a few comments from time to time, and it's it's good to see people are out there. Uh, you can find us on the web at mindvirus.show, and we'll be back again pretty soon, probably next early next week. Uh, Bobby's out of town. We wish him the best and hope he's safe. 
and we'll, we'll be back next week and we're going to continue this uh, tradition here of interesting topics so everybody have a great week we'll see you later take care bye-bye everybody <laughs>